and welcome back to Scout Talk, everyone. Today's episode, we'll be doing a bit of a news recap on some of the minor changes coming up, some potential new exciting news on an upcoming patch, and some very other stuff. Followed by another brainstorm session where we talk about Tarkov dying and people's ideas and stuff like that. Yay! All that fun stuff. All of that fun stuff. So, so. <laughs> let's. It, there's. I feel like I. I got a lot of stuff I want to talk about. So I'm going mm-hmm. to jump, force us straight into the news. Okay, get everyone caught up to speed. Uh, inertia change. It was changed last week. There was yeah, some, some point. values changed. What those values mean and do, we don't know. <laughs> Courtesy of logical solution. Um, and then this week we got. Some more changes. They officially, BSG said, at certain at the different weight thresholds. Okay, so you got light, uh, what normal, uh, light overweight, and then medium overweight, heavy overweights. Okay, at those overweight thresholds, there's a decreasing, um, change to it so i'm doing a horrible <laughs> job at describing this let me just read it verbatim okay for characters with the heavy overweight effect uh it's been reduced by 15 percent uh medium overweight it's been reduced by 7.5 percent and the light overweight it's been unchanged okay interesting enough we got again logical solutions coming through with the uh technical stuff on the back end and he reported that as far as what they his people are seeing um it is just a flat 15 percent across the board um reduction so either way you slice it i guess it's a good thing but uh essentially bsg said you know we did this change and result of the friday challenge uh friday balancing changes and um from the community feedback provided so w question mark <laughs> yeah it's it's very weird i mean there was like there was a lot of confusion about this because yeah. exactly what logical has said doesn't seem to match with what bsg think that they've done and then lots of players were then reporting different things high level players who got high level strength saying it felt worse and then newer players saying oh it feels better and then there's lots of players like me in the middle i think i got not even sure what my strength is like 30 or something around mid the mid tier doesn't feel any different to me whatsoever mm-hmm. um so it's a tough one i'm i'm not sure i mean yeah fine they're reducing a little bit on the overweight effect i think that's because people have spoken previously about how although it is realistic not to be able to carry all the gear Carrying all the gear, and I'm sure right. we'll get into this, is another element of the stuff later, but carrying all, no, getting punished for carrying the gear kind of makes the game worse in some ways because you're supposed to loot and like, yeah, there's probably supposed to be some penalty, but it's too strong at the moment in is another thing that incentivizes people to leave leave raids and stuff. So that's kind of a response to that, I understand. But it's it's a bit confusing. I think I I did see some, I was trying to find it before the cast, and I cannot find this piece of information for the life of me. And um somebody said that it was it was like reconfirmed or clarified somewhere um that basically it's just kind of like a, a change in the scale um and somebody else is saying that right. they, they're like you know the, the walk speed is lower by 15 percent or something mm. but i'm just i just can't i can't find where that was so, <laughs> unfortunately that, that wouldn't make sense because that's the opposite of what they were trying to do you know this was 
This was trying to make the effects less, so if they actually did reduce the walk speed by fifty percent, that would that would be a you know. Well, it was like it was something like fifteen percent walk speed change for everybody, but then like then the inertia rebalancing uh, was some kind of rebalancing, so something along those lines. That, um, but I really wanted to find it before we spoke before we spoke about it because the, there was somebody who somebody okay spoken from like the special Tarkov streamer Discord and. Someone had confirmed it there, I think, but I, I, just, I literally, I can't, I can't find it. Can't find it. And well, either which way, don't think it matters that much. I really don't. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, <laughs> that, that's actually interesting because that, that kind of coincides with um, some of the stuff I've been looking at behind the scenes of Tarkov SP is like there's a lot, there's a lot of different subsystems within like movement as a whole because you got strength, you got inertia, you got weight, you know. And these are all mm. kind of like independent systems, but they all sort of like mesh in between. And that's that's kind of just what is available to directly modify. Um, like when BSG comes out with these over the air changes, um, it is you know it's, it's simply just changing values, you know, in like a in like a text document. Yeah, uh, hy- hypothetically, perhaps, but. Uh, uh, it doesn't require any patching, you know, it's it's sort of like built into the functionality game. But like I, so lo- for last week, um, Airwing was, ask, was asking questions about, um, he was like, oh, is there any way you, the Tarkov SP guys know um, what this change means? Because um, last week there was a lot of confusion on some of the language and, and wording and like, what does inertia limit steps mean? Like, is this a buff, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of talk and um i was like i don't know anyone like that but i could probably find this stuff and play with the values and see what it did so mm. um that's what i did and um yeah I, I was you know i had some like theories because there's like walk speed dash y um it, it's like walk speed's like the category and then like the subcategory is like y x and z and I thought Y and X would be, you know, like forward and, and backwards would be Y and X would be left and right and Z would be like up and down. Um, but no, I, I have no idea what Z is, but Y is like the horizontal plane, I guess, like forward, backwards, left, right, right. All, all of that. And I, I'm guessing X is like vertical, like jumping. Um, That's weird. I, yeah. But... The so you know what I did is I I, I took it because my version of Tarkov SP is on an older patch so it's at the old 0.86 value and so I dropped it down to like 0.000 no I think I started high I did like you know 1000 yeah <laughs> dot zero and that really didn't seem to do anything so I did like 0. Oh. Uh, 0.000001 and my PMC was like as if he was. As if he didn't have a slider, it was just like permanently set at the lowest speed when like yeah. moving around. Um, it didn't matter if I moved my slider; like it was just the same speed. And so that was like, huh? That's interesting because the it implies that either there's something else determining walk speed within the methods um, that I was tampering with, or there's a baked in sort of hard coded speed in the in the actual build of the game that mm. can't just be you know this and, and this is more like 
um, it's more of a way for them to tweak stuff on the fly. You know what I mean? Yeah, rather make like fundamental changes or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, I hear you. It, it's 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 like the easiest way to describe it is like modding. You know, it's like modifying something, but you can't just like make my PMC go a bazillion Onic. miles. I mean, you can um, through like uh, plugins for Unity and and and, and things like that. Uh, but that's not really has to do pertain with, you know, Tarkov and the over the air stuff. So anyways, long story short, um, that was kind of cool to figure out. But essentially, that means for me, it's like a flat 16.3% uh, walk speed reduction, which seeing as I didn't see a difference because I even tried like one, I didn't see a difference. Mm. The num the the numbers are so small. I don't think it really matters all that much. Like, yes, you probably are moving slower, but I don't know how much that actually matters. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I agree. It's it's hard to know. How, however, that being said, considering that, I'm assuming the range is from one to zero. Maybe it's like one to point two or something. Mm. Um. So it, it it actually, on the other hand, it could actually be more meaningful without doing like a frame by frame analysis and comparing. I really can't give anything uh, a definitive answer, but it's it's it was still kind of fun. The inertia step limit steps thing was really confusing because it's it was like it's like a it's like inertia is a parent and then the child of that is inertia limit steps. And then there's a childs of that, which I think were like Y, X, Y and X. And right. they were like 0 0.01. And I messed up and I started playing with those at first and they weren't really, they weren't doing anything. And so I went back and started playing with inertia step limits and I really couldn't see results. So then I was like, man, like there's like, what am I doing wrong? So then I started putting on weight and mm -hmm. cause I was doing it naked and yeah. Once I put weight on, I notice uh, once I cranked it up to like uh, one, I think it was. Um, it was like ex it had it, to me. It was like acceleration. Like it had something to do with acceleration, deceleration, like changing direction. Like it took really long to ramp up to. That makes sense. Yeah, those higher limits. So, um, I believe it getting reduced was like a pretty. Like, it's not a good thing um, in terms of, like, moving. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it's a con. I think that one might have more implications than the walk speed. But, again, it's like the, these numbers are so tiny, but they're basically mm -hmm. multipliers. So they could be pretty massive. It, it's it's kind of hard for me to say. But it was a fun little thing to get behind the scenes and really see, like, you know, I have, like, big crit critiques of the inertia system as a whole, but there is a lot of intricacy and overlapping or, or not overlapping but things that systems that play with each other that make things really complicated yeah exactly yeah now there was um so it was quite funny somebody was there was a thread and landmark actually posted in it and he said feels fine it's, it's basically what you said feels fine until you get overweight and then you start sliding around like crazy okay yeah i mean I I I I feel pretty good about that. And like I said, it was so like I had to go 
from like one to like point zero 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 to see the difference because at like point zero zero it was if like there was still inertia, but it was like it almost took no time to to speed up between mm. going you know moving from like still to moving. Um, so yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, that checks out with me. But anyways, they um, they done some changes, so maybe now it will be a a bit better for people. Yes, we. We shall see. Um, there was another. So there's like a couple of other like random changes, I guess. Uh, oh well, let's actually let's talk about let's talk about the um, flashlights thing because uh, sure, yeah, yeah. There was a technical patch that came through um, from BSG, which was basically like a load of nothing, really, mm. uh, except for the item resale bug. Let me let me find yeah. it. Yeah, I didn't actually I didn't actually have this one up. So this one, yeah, we started a technical update. It was three hours long. It was like. Half an hour before I was about to start my stream on Thursday, and I was like, "Well, I guess I'm not streaming then today." But uh, that allowed me to bury my head into you know the weeds and just <laughs> just going a bit mad, which we'll talk about later. But um, and then they posted the changes, which is um, fix the inability to sell some items to traders uh, that could be sold before, which is good because that's been really annoying. Like you couldn't sell Ledexes to therapists. There were like individual weapon parts, like the P90 upper that you couldn't sell to mechanic. So you're having to like disassemble stuff and sell it. Like it was just really annoying. They fixed that, and then. Fixed the inability to create in-game group chats. Fixed not leveling health upon successful training in the gym in the hideout. And uh, not fixes to flashlights, which everybody was like, basically most people who wanted to complain were like, Ree, where's the flashlight fix? Ree. But I mean, that's, it's in the roadmap. It's not coming in this technical patch. It's coming in the, the actual patch, you know, the big patch that's coming. So the main thing on that is just, you can now sell your items again, which is good. Um, but on the back of that, there was then um, there was then some information shared uh, because I think like so Hayes posted, is this the update with patch 0.13.0.5, which if you're you know, shamefully not paying attention and keeping up with precisely which numerical one goes with which update, that's the first technical update, which is the flashlights one, the rework of the sky, uh, fixing interchange and lighthouse on um, Oculus Audio, some bot stuff and some AI and like headset system, changes in headset system. So that's the first one that was going to come on this, um, what do you call it, roadmap. And so Hayes posted this on Twitter, and then he got some information from BSG, and they said, apparently this update is expected next week. So we should be seeing this first technical update next week. So that'll fix flashlights and do all this other stuff. So we'll see what that brings. It'll obviously bring you know, other things, unexpected stuff probably. And a nice guy also said, double confirmed on Twitter for that. So that patch is apparently coming next week. I mean... Yeah, maybe it gets delayed, who knows, but like BSG have every intention, it seems, of putting that patch out next week, and they've told people that it is. So, good. This is good. So finally, flashlights will get fixed. Although, you know, the flashlight fix thing, I mean, I did see it a few places, and I kind of agreed. Some people were just like, low-key, the flashlight bug is the best bug that ever happened to the game. Yeah, I mean... Uh, that was <laughs> it's been quite like refreshing. A, I was thinking that. I was like, dude, this kind of would be like peak time to play, because the flashlights are... I mean, I was watching Airway and, you know, Blue Laser meta... I don't think mm -hmm. he's using blue laser, but you see a lot of people use blue lasers, and it, in my opinion, flashlights are kind of annoying in Tarkov yeah. PvP because it just, with all everything else that goes on in Tarkov, it just uh, makes it feel very point flippy. Even yeah, more, you've so. got all the usual stuff. You've got aim right. punch. You've got the blurriness. Yeah, you know, all that happening, as well as like you know, the thirty percent of the middle of your screen just like right. white for both participants. It's like 
is this really good gameplay? You know, I don't know. Yeah, I know. I know. Airing would never be. I know he would never be seen dead with the blue the blue laser. Right. But um, right. I've been I've I've been enjoying the blue laser meta. It's been good. The fights felt good. I do think it the the flashlights are just too powerful. Like I know people are like, have you ever had a high powered flashlight shine in your house? Like it doesn't like shut up. Like it doesn't like stop it. Like how 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 can we not learn about this realism versus it's a game mentality? Right? If it's bad for the game. But realistic probably shouldn't be in there if it's realistic and it's good for the game then it's a great addition you know if it's good yeah it's just like oh god anyway i get fed up <laughs> with that those comments yeah i don't i mean i i like the concept of it i think it's a you know you point their mm. you point the flashlight at them and they get like a disadvantage of some sort like i like you know visual obviously this is flashlight realism but you know it i don't know i don't know what you would do there to sort of make it so that fights feel better while you're still Feel like you're gaining something from a flesh you know using a tactical flashlight i don't know yeah i think some people posted some images of how it works in rust and it looks yeah, a, lot a lot better because you can yeah. kind of see like where the person actually physically is like you can still kind of aim at them that's the issue in tarkov so you just you can't really aim you at them can't because they really see what you just see the big white glow yeah and it's too much like yeah. it, it Maybe it could be an advantage. It obscures the head and whatever. But yeah, when, at the moment, it's just too, it's way too much. It means that you just miss most of the time when you're shooting at somebody with a flashlight on. And it's just. Maybe crazy. the, the, a good middle ground would be like when it's act, you know, when you're, when it's active, the effects being applied, you can see like their legs, but everything else is kind of like blinded. Because I think right now you can't see anything. Like you could see no. their crotch and below, perhaps would be like a good. Maybe yeah. just just make the bloom like slightly. Just just tweak it down a bit. You know, just tweak it down yeah. a bit and then see how people feel. Like there's there's a middle ground where it makes sense. I'm sure. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um. So so that's coming, which is good. This is really really positive. Um. And then there was a couple of other like random changes. So I guess we'll just like whip through these. The and this is another logical solutions one and a hidden change that came min and max level for maps was added to the game but obviously hasn't been put in place that every map is set to zero to 100 as the range um a lot of people have speculated that this is maybe for labs but most likely for some kind of tutorial map um i think vsg have spoken about this before you know potentially you could set it to zero to 14 or something you can play on the tutorial map briefly um but I, I don't know that's just me speculating that I think there's supposed to be a tutorial map that you can play that you're not going to have just sweaty tryhards all over the place, in theory at least. Um, so that's, I think, is what, what pertains to that. But what, it's interesting that they're adding that. It shows that they're thinking about doing something with it at some point. Um, I mean, I don't know whether the other maps would be... Do you remember when, when you played Lost Light? Were the maps level locked in that? Or could you play whatever? Because when I was um, playing Arena Breakout, the maps were actually level locked in Arena, which I thought was interesting. I think there is some type of progression lock where you only play factory and then you unlocked other maps if not all of the other maps right okay this is completely unlocked yeah on, on arena it was like level nine you can do this one level 15 you can do this one it was like it was quite structured yeah um it's quite it's quite interesting i mean i just I, I don't have like huge thoughts about that i don't think it's necessary it depends on which way they want to take the game like if it's you know the storyline you go through from one map to the other and you unlock it i'd, I'd rather personally that you unlock it naturally by like extracting in that location for example the game would be a bit more natural in that sense but yeah. we'll see there's lots of there's lots of things that they could do with this particular mechanic i mean I at think. the bare minimum i would like it if you you know uh potentially you would encounter people at your level 
more frequently. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I, I would like that aspect. Like a pseudo skill based matchmaking kind of. Yeah, like, I mean, it's like not, it's, not, it's not, not FDMM, but yeah, it's 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 like it's more like progression based matchmaking, I guess. But it, I don't think it needs to be too forced. Like, oh, if this range and this range can only play this map, this range and this mm. range can only, you know, something like, hey, you you reached this, now you got more options, you know, um, something like that. Because I think that helps. That helps people, you know, who are uh, coming in. Um, you know, you're more likely to play with people at at your range, or at, yeah. at, at least at the beginning. Um, I don't know. Just something. I think at the beginning it makes sense for sure. Yeah. Um. So what else? Oh yes, yeah, so we did inertia. Oh yes, yeah, so there's like two other random ones. Um, one which basically seems that marked rooms seem to have been buffed. Um. People are reporting like loads more loot seems to be in the marked rooms. They just seem to be better, which I think is good. I do think marked rooms need a need a buff in general. They like, just suck at the moment. How much of a buff are we talking? Like, what what are we talking? Like, you get an AK now versus a APS pistol. Like, what what's uh, like you were going in and there's like three guns, there's like MP7 and like in you know, an RSAS or whatever. There's like you know, like okay. stuff like that. Actually, okay, I think that's not bad. Some people were saying it was good. I think Airwing was was saying on his that he didn't really see much difference. So I'm not sure exactly how far it goes. Like yeah. it's all anecdotal from what I read. Yeah, but... that's what I'm worried about. Is it's copium yeah. or not? But so I don't know. But just like you know, maybe if you're thinking about it, then it's maybe worth having a check at least to see. See whether it's worth it. Um, and then the other one, which apparently is going to get fixed soon. I don't think this is fixed yet, but it may be by the time this cast even goes out, to be honest, is that traders not resetting um, and just going out of stock and they're just like never coming back in stocks. So, like Ragman right now is like just not restocking armors and stuff. And loads of people are like, is this an event? <laughs> and this was just like, no, it's actually a bug. Like, guys, like you could have, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's a temporary flea market. Yeah, we're just, you know, like, <laughs> oh crap, put something together, put a, put a Twitter post out, you know, and they were just like, nah, it's a yeah. bug. We're going to fix it. So. I mean, fair enough we're just admitting it but it's like the the <laughs> meme where the uh cartoon character probably an anime character is like there's a butterfly and he's got his hand up and it's like is this mm. an event <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i know one peg replied to somebody on twitter who was just like his feature <laughs> so i don't know i mean i was kind of like half thinking like oh this actually could be some random scarcity thing where random stuff's not available because it was like High-end armors and things in particular, and like a bunch of guns and stuff. So I was like, yeah. hmm, I wonder. But apparently not. I mean, I, I just want to know what they're changing in the background. It's like making this stuff happen. It's like yeah. really random, right? It's just like, how does half the stuff go out of stock and not come back in stock? That's like so weird. Spaghetti code TM. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so I think that's it for the updates, right? Have I missed anything off? I think we cleared it. Cool. So... We've had a lot of random videos, a lot of interesting stuff going around the Tarkov community. And I guess this is going to be probably the most of the rest of the cast in general, because there's so much to talk about with this. Yes. From my perspective, this has all kind of been sparked off. Like there's been obviously the general rumbling and disgruntlement across the Tarkov community just because of the way the patch is. And it sucks. Like I was talking about it with some guys in Discord the other day. And some, some people were saying like, oh, well, you know, the wipe actually like feels like relative, like stuff feels relatively balanced compared to other wipes and like the progression and whatever feels quite good. And I was like, you know what? It actually, it kind of is. It's the problem is this patch has been like plagued with the technical problems, right? It's like invisible players, the cheaters, the, 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 the video more, more so than the actual cheaters probably is the, is the problem. And then just like the desync, like the audio, the audio stuff, the fact that no one can play, like a large proportion of players can't play streets. Etc. 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 So like all of that stuff is just like tarnished this wipe so much. 
There's yeah. a lot of people grumbling probably more than normal because fights feel bad and whatever. And there was a clip from Landmark Stream where he basically said, BSG have reached out to me to ask for a list of suggestions or ideas about what to do to fix the game, to resolve the problems that people have, very, you know, content creators and the general community. Um, just, you know, ideas, whatever, how, like how to, how to fix the game, what do we think they should do? You know, just anything. And he was like, I'm not sure exactly what the best way to do this. Like, obviously, I want to bring in more creators. Uh, you know, I can't just do this by myself. Asking Twitch chat is probably not a good idea. Just <laughs> ask Twitch chat and then whatever they say, we'll just send it off. That'd be funny, wouldn't it? Can you imagine? Um, so that seems to have sparked off quite a few things. Uh, first being, well, I guess like you... Which, which piece do you want to talk about first? Because there was like a couple of guys who tweeted out. It's like any particular ones that you wanted to address first off. Um, yeah, let me, uh, let me just knock Glorious tweet out real quick. So Glorious tweeted, uh, is there any way we can be found on raid system and only apply it to quests, items, and removal of flea restrictions so casual gamers can have fun again? And I see this a lot is like, uh, you know, this idea of having applied only quests. I think it's kind of, you know, it's a pretty popular idea right now. And, um, someone, someone, you know, said something about like, you know, Hatchlings will just come back, and then Glorious responded saying they'd generally rather kill hatchlings who are trying to make rubles than killing people in trees or bushes because they're scared of losing their last gear. Or people are corner holding with right shoulder and not moving at all. The PP is not rewarding anymore. And I responded as like a genuine question, but I think it sounds pretty snarky. Um, you know, wanting to know if he could explain how shooting a hatchling is more rewarding PvP. They're shooting some of gear. Now there might be a um uh a, a you know lot uh, bias, some illogical thinking, but you know, the way I read it is the conclusion is PvP is not rewarding anymore, um, unless you know uh uh it's not rewarding killing people oh you know, camping, but it will be rewarding when people are hatchet running and then there's, there's some kind of disconnect there, obviously this kind of mm. opens up a whole broader topic, but, um, I mean, I guess just getting into it a little bit, cause I want to touch on it later, but there is this weird dynamic with, um, back in, back, I mean, back in the day when hatchet running was at its prime, right? Flea market just came out. There was no fountain raid. Yep. Uh, there was two things. One, it's like, Hatchet runners were really annoying because if you were bringing in gear, you never knew if they had already looted something, but you like always wanted to kill them because you didn't want them to like vacuum loot off the map, right? And because their main goal for for those who aren't aware, um, was to grab high value items, either turn them in for quests or to sell them for for rubles. And again, back then there's no founder raid, so what you would do is you would go to shoreline, you would run up to uh three. 3815 or whatever the, the room is, loot the lead X and disconnect. It was really, it was really bad. And it's a really confusing dynamic because then it's like your you do that, you get your money, and then you go out with your gear and then shoot people and you die. And it's like, oh well, let me go back and build the money. Like it's just this weird loop. It's like a lot of extra steps to to do PvP essentially. You know, but it's like something you could do. But I think the best way to describe it is like it's way more sandboxy in that you essentially have a reliable way to participate in low risk 
high reward gameplay where you can go in, you know, risk practically nothing, and yeah. you're you're if if you're successful, your outputs your is insanely profitable. And from there you have all this money and it's kind of like you can just do whatever you want. You know, it's very like open sandboxy type of thing. But there's like a weird interaction where it's like the you know the 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 people they, they get this money and then you would buy the gear um I, it's just like it's just like a weird inflation you know it's like it's almost like i think maybe I, I'm, I'm doing a lot of mind reading here but maybe what glorious means is that he would rather have hatchet runners in the game so that they would get money to bring in gear to run around PVPing later, you know. I, I don't know if that's the case or not. He said he's mm-hmm. he said he's working on a video, and I, I look forward to seeing what that video entails. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he says because I just I just feel there's kind of two parts to this, right? A, I don't think that you can just accept hatch things back into the game as a thing when it was so bad. People obviously did it. Like there are more players that play the game casually and are new and are scared and would just find out about hatch, you know, the hatchet running and it's just like well i'm not scared anymore this is easy um because i could just make as much money as i like and then even if they'd like half these people don't end up even going in geared or whatever they just like hoard rubles and stuff it's just like yeah. weird. it's just like super weird i just don't think we ever want to go back to that so i don't want to introduce any new stuff in um that, that brings that back i agree with you right it's like i don't think pvp's gonna be any more rewarding you running in you're killing a guy in the room and like, oh, he's already stuffed the, the Ledux in his in his butt and you killed him. Like that's not gonna that's not gonna help. That's really, really not gonna help. And also a slot yeah. in the raid is taken up by somebody with no gear on. Like it's right. just not it doesn't we like, can't <sighs> we can't let that back in. We just can't. I disagree fundamentally. The the other section to this, um, I don't yeah, without going like into every single possible topic. The remove flea restrictions so casual games can have fun again. We've also been there, and that didn't happen. There was a small number of players that did do that, that were kind of experienced, or it's, it's usually people who were experienced that came to the white like later or whatever, and they're like, oh, I can just go on, make a bit of money, you know, buy classified armor off the flea, right. and then just run around. Majority of people not doing that. Majority of people were crafting M61, selling it to chads, buying like really cheap guns, whatever, and basically the chads could then just buy whatever they liked. Um, and it's not even the chads. Like, I, I avoided, because I all of this kind of is about, you know, from my perspective about the video that i just made and literally released today um and i avoided calling people chads because it's not even chads it's like guys at level like 40 plus basically who have figured out the the, you know, the game they can buy anything they want from the traders so economically they're better off and then that means that the spare money they've got left over they can buy anything they like you know and i had a clip i mean even you know once you figure this out it's like pretty easy i've got like a clip in there of me completing stir up at level 12 with an Alton and a gen 4 on yeah right it's like that, do we want to go back to that like i don't think so like yeah. i don't think casual players have fun in that scenario i really don't like the early game completely disappears like the game's like the game is the early game's gone after six days or seven days like for sure mm-hmm. um it's just madness i just i don't understand why we'd want to go back to that like everybody complained so much about how the game felt back then I like why would we want to go back to this? I just I don't I can't see I think people are like looking back at with rose tinted glasses at this stuff that people were like complaining yeah. so much about when it was actually in existence. I I don't know. I guess I I just feel there is some um you, you know, particularly with like the way Glorious Eve worded it, it just it just feels like it's it's you know, you could almost interpret it in like a really negative light. Like he would rather kill people that are defenseless than people that have gear in the corner, and 
because PvP is better that way. Like I, I guess if like your your you know depiction of PvP is you always killing the guy that can't that has a knife, you know, and you have all the power, you know what I mean? Like mm. it's just like I, I don't know. It's just the whole thing's really weird. But I I, I bet secure container and then like abuse i'll say is essentially makes progression optional uh you <laughs> you can basically not do anything uh progression wise you know and, and i guess with the flea market too and in tangents um i should say you can not do you, you don't have to participate in progression you, you yeah. only have to do the bare minimum which is level 10 and then from that point you just need rules and you can and you can thing, skip like, in the entire progression. It's the whole. It's it's going from like one end completely to the other end, right? It's like yeah. those systems we talked about, and we'll probably touch on these again later. Are things like you know rebalancing the trader pools versus the in raid loot pools and stuff, so that low level players can find more items in raid. And same with high tier players too; they can't buy everything they want off the traders. That's sort of like a halfway house. Like what we're doing here is we're saying like, oh, now Timmy's can't buy armor or um, ammo or guns off the flea. So let's just restrict, let's just open up everything so that anyone can buy anything again. Like, it's just, I think it's way too, we're just going on this. Let's go from one end to the other. It was like that before, everyone hates it. With the situation right now, people don't like it. We're going to flip all the way back to the way it was before. People don't like it. The, the, the fundamental question here is, and it's, it's an assumption that I make within my arguments, honestly. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that completely unbridled flea market and a lack of finding raid allows casual players to have more fun? I think the answer is no. But it's, an assum- it's a base assumption that I make, and people and Glorious clearly disagrees with me. I don't think that his post, by you know, just the guy that he is, right? I don't think that his post is trying to make life harder for casuals. Like it's, he says in his post, "I want more casual players to have more fun again." I think he's wrong, but there's a there's a big difference well, of opinion in the player base about like whether this system allows casuals to have more fun. And I think a lot of people forget how players play the game in the first wipe, the second wipe, like. It's so different to the way that us, you know, even after even three wipes, right? The guys who like start off playing yeah. the game, it's just you can't, you don't participate in the having fun from all the meta gear, right? Like I was, I was absolutely terrified out of my mind to bring attack tech into raid on my first wipe. Mm-hmm. I did it once, I think, and mm-hmm. it was it was terrifying. I like crawled around shoreline. Like it's just it's such a it's completely different mentality. I just think anybody who believes and and this is this is just my personal opinion and I might also be wrong, but I feel I feel that we've been here before and I think that anybody who thinks that we remove finding raid and remove the flea restrictions that, that if they think that that will help casuals, I just think they're wrong. Well, let me ask That's you this: What is casual in your definition? Well, it's it's tricky because casuals kind of encompasses like new players plus also people who are experienced that don't or, play very but, often. But your definition, like. In in your context, what does casuals mean? I mean, I'm being loose with my terminology, so I do think you have to split the two, the two down. And when I was talking about this grouping of players, I did actually say this. You know, some some players would buy a Vepper Hunter with M61 and mm-hmm. go around killing chads, but the new players can't do that. Or the people who were so casual that they never got good. You know, do you know what I mean? There's like some people who played a lot, yeah, um, who got good, and now they can like they can play casually with the open flea and they can have fun without doing too much. But the guys who are like new. Or just don't ever get you no know, they get to like level 25 every wipe or something they never put enough time in the game to beat a chat in 1v1 with a vepper hunter with m61 even if they buy it, it just means it's gonna lose more money when they lose the ammo so i feel like there's two separate player bases here for the casual player you know when when i when i refer to that i mean i'm being a bit sloppy too so that's that's i'm kind of grouping both of them together i guess but okay 
so there is an uh, there is a subset i suppose i will admit that like would have more fun i guess but i just think on the whole there's way more players in the first camp of like not good at pvp want to just get progression in the game and new don't know how to play the game at the top level don't understand the value of armor and blah blah, blah. haven't spent 200 hours watching videos like mine to explain exactly why all this stuff is is good or not they're bringing yeah. in P, you know pst ammo in on nine mils and you know PS ammo in on AKs and whatever because they just don't really know and getting frustrated by 16 hits to armor and dying and stuff like it. Those are the people that I'm more, more worried about. Like the guys who are casual, experienced, but don't play a lot, they'll find a way, like whichever way. You know? yeah. they'll, they'll find a way. Oh, so yeah. it's, it's more the other guys that I'm more concerned about. Yeah, to sort of like support what you're saying, um, I think colloquial, like colloquially, casual and hardcore, you kind of depict like casual as like, yeah, I'm a gamer. I play games and, you know, mm. they they play like Fortnite on their, you know, phone or something, you know, and then the hardcore gamer is like the basement dweller that's, you know, got like a neck beard and, you know, balding and glasses. And oh, my God, I'm describing myself. And um, they're playing like WoW or something for, you know, 48 hours and they got a poop bucket behind them. That's kind of like the colloquial terms, uh, you know, uh, like one way the 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 other I think more in-depth version, I guess, I don't know, would be uh, casual is like you prefer games that are low investment. You don't have to like invest a lot of resources into to play and to experience every time. Hardcore gamers, they like those intricate systems and a lot of depth to it, you know. Um, That being said, I think... In the hatchet running meta, it favors those types of casual players where you don't have to invest a lot into the game. You put in a couple, you know, I don't know, four hours, six hours. You get flea market. That's just the big milestone. Once you hit that, hey baby, it's 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 open season. You just run around, low investment, grab. You know, you get a couple lucky loot. You know, do some scav runs. Boom, you got all this money. What do you do? You start playing with the different aspects of the game. You know, it's very like low investment. Whereas in the in the version we're in now, I think there's a lot more investment. You know, you have to unlock this milestone and this milestone and this milestone and this milestone. You know, it, it's. Yeah. I think I think, uh, you know, in, in like the new player's sense, um, the this version is better. Because it it does sort of walk you through, um, everyone's kind of like has to go through the same route, so to speak. So there's, I mean, people still accelerate fast that are really good, but uh, it's it's a little bit better for new players. But like for casual players, I think it's kind of worse. Like, because uh, you you know you you have to there's all if you want to experience the game, you got to do all the things and learn all the things, you know, and and. and reach those different progression milestones. Yeah. I, I guess that is a point. I mean, the, the thing about the hatchling thing, it's just like that that playstyle doesn't get those players to improve, even though it do, is kind of like open season. Yeah. I, I, can, I can kind of see what you mean. Like in some sense, though, like, do the casual players of the game figure out that strategy or not? I'm not? I think that's another question. You know, it's like when I first started playing, I didn't really engage that much with the social media element of the game, particularly. So, like, yeah. I didn't even think about hatchet running until a bit later, right? Because it's like the, the yeah. hatchet running thing is almost a metagaming hardcore thing in some it, sense. It, it is, yeah. So I it's mean, like, oh, it's hard to draw the line. 
Yeah, no, for sure. Because it, it, no, you're you're absolutely right. Because I think it is sort of one of those things. I don't think I was really consciously aware of it. Like, obviously, I I understood to put valuable things in my butt, but it it's it is sort of those things. Like, what valuable things do I put in my butt? You know what I mean? Like, what's valuable? You know, there's a lot of questions to it. So there there, uh, yeah, I think you make a good observation there. Um, yeah. So, so that's Glorious's post. I think that's kind of everything I want to say about that. Um, yeah. Then, <laughs> what's what's next? So there was a there was a video. So there was a video from Landmark. It was on his stream. I actually mm-hmm. only saw this later, so I haven't. Se- I didn't see that before, like coming to all my conclusions or whatever. But I I did see Tiggs's, um, some of his commentary about right. Like he has part of like Landmark's commentary in his own commentary as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I it's basically a, a stream. It's like it's like clips from his stream. Yeah, and it yeah. and it touches on like lots of different things. And right. I think it's one of those things because like because Landmark's in a in a conversation with chat as well. Like people are bringing up different topics. They're talking about this element and that element and like loot and then about like inertia and like weight and PvP and people leaving and like this mechanic and that mechanic. It's like it's very disparate, which is kind of the issue. Um, with a lot of yeah. these things, it's like is that useful feedback for BSG? Like, yeah, I'm sure it is in some sense, but like, how do you actually implement all these things together in a, in a way that kind of makes sense? Um, so I like I watched all of those things and then made came to my own conclusions. Um, I mean, but I don't know whether you want to talk about that now or if you want to talk like more of the precursor stuff, like takes this video because I know you have like a bunch of notes about it. <laughs> Um, I'll just go over the highlights from my notes and then, you know, just, we could just do whatever. Um, so, yeah. Cause I watched it and then I watched, I was like, uh, you know, I got some stuff I want to talk about. And then I realized, okay, I need to watch it again and take notes. Um, so, uh, I guess sticking to the more important stuff here. Um, there's there's kind of a, this part where it talks about rat gameplay is uh the best way to play the game um and it's like i think that's true if you look at Tarkov as like a a to b game um meaning like you know what's what's the best way i can win you know 100% of the time uh in in pvp I'll just mm. sit and camp choke points, and you know, because like they, the core objective of the game is to extract. That's how you win. Like that's the win condition is you yeah. extracting. So if you just camp the extract or camp these choke points that lead to an extract, like it's it's kind of a you know it's a legitimate good strategy in my opinion, a little too strong, but that's a whole other topic. Um, however, I would say. Tasking is probably the best way to play Tarkov. Um, if you think of it more as like a sandbox looter shooter PvP VE instance based extraction game, <laughs> um, you know, it, it's sort of a, you know, it, it's like if you hyper focus on PvP, that's, I think what Tiggs is saying is true. That's probably the best way to to win at PvP. Uh, but I don't think that's like what Tarkov is trying to be is a PvP game. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's that's definitely for sure. I mean, there's yeah, the the part of like 
the part of what has made me think so hard about this topic is because of i guess just like that just trying to think about what is going to make everybody happier you know yeah. because like there is a problem with tarkov's kind of end game loop and you don't want the game to be about pvp all the time um yeah. i was i was fiddling, i was fiddling with something and messed up the audio on my stream sorry guys should be should be okay now um you don't want the game to be about pvp all the time but tarkov still suffers from this late wipe kind of malaise of and this is irrespective of technical issues right it's just like people get bored with the game yeah pvp doesn't give you enough like especially since like because people used to play until well the, the, the playbase has always dropped off let's put it that way yeah so the core committed hardcore group of people used to play into the late game regardless and it was still fun yeah and still exciting and the way that those chad players feel i think like sometimes because of the way that they they i'm just going to use the general they not not talking about anyone in particular but like the way that they talk sometimes like it gets the backup of like the you know the, the regular player because yeah it sounds like you know oh we just want to be you know killing all the time and that's all we want to do in the game and blah 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 but like once you get to the end there's nothing else so you kind of want to what you want is you want to have both right that's definitely what you want to do you want to have both and the issue is that there are mechanics in the game i believe right now like finding raid that were targeted at something else like so so finding raid and the flea restrictions to some extent they were targeted to fix another problem but they then degraded the value of PvP for one reason or another. And we've ended up in a situation where PvP just kind of feels like... People say PvP... Okay, so let's, let's pose this question. PvP feels unrewarding is what a lot of, like, experienced players who play for PvP say. Why is this exactly? Why is, why is PvP unrewarding? I've been trying to get to the bottom of this. And, I mean, it's, it's, I'm going to ask a rhetorical question. I mean, you can give your answer. But I, I think it is... I think it just ultimately comes down to money. And some people have said, like, I had a lot of is discussions it? about my video about people being like, oh, is it about money, though? Because these people know how to make money, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, they know how to make money. But not making money whilst doing PvP is really dull. Like, having to go and, like, fund the money runs by going and looting 10k plus salt items and then go back and playing more PvP, it just kind of sucks, right? Like, knowing that your kill didn't actually gain you anything. Like, what did it gain you? Yeah, you, you killed somebody and that's fine, right? There's the fun of that. But... To take loot and then feel like you're making progression on your account, like that's that's what well, that's what makes Tarkov good. Even if you have 100 million rubles, getting to 150 million rubles with PVPs, you're gonna feel good. Even if you're not gonna spend it or use it, like it's in my opinion, that's partly what Tarkov is, is about. That's why people like it. Like I don't think it's I don't think it's it's like the ultra wealthy, right? Why do they need to keep making more money? They don't, but they're keeping score with each other. It's like it, it's partly that. Like people just like number go up. We're simple creatures at the end of the day. So is it fair to say that? PvP on its own is not good enough. Is what do you mean fair? by that? Like oh, like oh, like the incentives just to PvP are not good enough. Yeah, yeah. I would say I would say no because um, at, at that point, you know, arena may be different, but Tarkov is then just you know, cod with extra steps or whatever. Like just playing PvP, like the load times are too long, all of this stuff. Like unless you feel like you're making some kind of progression, however artificial that may be, you know, that's up for you to decide. But I just think that like going in and killing because but that's the thing people could like this is definitely exacerbated by the technical problems that we have so we do have to bear that right. in mind for sure yeah the pvp kind of feels like dog because you get killed behind walls and also the cheaters thing sometimes and also you know you get shot through the arm and it hits you twice and then you, you die to you know nine by 20 whatever um there's there's all of that too so it's like all of these things are intermeshed but 
I do feel that, yeah, like if you're not going to gain like progression, however artificial that may be through PvP, it's just not going to, it's just not going to feel good. It's just the way that people are designed, I think. So if PvP is not good enough on its own, then why are we trying to buff PvP? <laughs> why because, do we need more PvP? Because if you buff the way that PvP rewards the player, then it would feel good enough. And there's other ways to do this too, right? You don't mm. just have to make it like economically better, right? Like there was a couple of comments um, in general about how the issue, and I do agree, honestly, I do agree that the issue with the game is that every item is looked at in terms of rubles rather than in terms of its yeah. value to yourself. And because right. of the, the relatively, well, the flea market just in general um, may, means that, and also traders, more so traders actually at the high level, means that you can buy everything that was on the guy you killed. So its value is greatly diminished. That I think holds a lot of weight. But the problem there is that the solutions that people have come to in the various comments that I've spoken to is just like, delete the fleet, make the game into a hardcore mode. And I'm like, that's fine, but you're going to have no more new players playing the game ever. So that's, and that's why I think that you should have two characters, right? Because like, Maybe the, game, like thing, <laughs> the game is, well, I just, the game dies, right? If, I think, I think if you, if you make the game like super hardcore with no fleet and like, oh, then everything feels super rewarding PvP, the game just dies. On yeah. Its own. I mean, it's probably not sustainable, but yeah, just, I don't just, think it's like, I think it probably just from a pure, game, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Just from a pure like number standpoint, if let's say they deleted, let's say they deleted like ultra hardcore, right? Uh, and let's say they lost, you know, fifty percent of players. I think like the like Australia servers would be unplayable. Like you'd be the only PMC. Like there's gonna be certain regions that are like because it's region based. You know, there's gonna be certain regions that are gonna be screwed. So yeah, I think it's yeah. unsustainable. But okay, this this is what I want to say. Just to just to sort of like jump. So what I'm getting mm -hmm. at here is, mm -hmm. for me, I've done the PvP thing, and it is fun, but you you need more. Like, it's not just going to have to kill one guy, you need to take on two guys. Um, it's not good enough just to kill two guys, you need to take on three. You know, it's not good enough to use the meta stuff, you got to use the crappy stuff. Like, mm. I, I personally don't think PvP in Tarkov is that great? Like, there's interesting, like, the things that support PvP are interesting, but, like, the actual, like, player versus player, in, like, the, the shooting mechanics, you know, the, the, the how you win kind of just turns into, and this is more of a technical issue, I'll be, to be fair, uh, turn on flashlight, shift W, spray at the guy, you know, uh, yeah. constantly move around because audio is... LMAO, you know, it's just like, like I swear there's, I swear what people do, it's like you move around a bunch and then you stand still in like a weird position and they'll be like, oh, is he, and they'll peek out. It's like, oh, is he here? It's like, no, he's here. Oh, I wouldn't, you know, it's just like, cause the audio is so screwed. Anyways, um, <laughs> getting my point, I think that the what what's it's it's all about chasing the adrenaline high right so like for because once you do the you know couple first wipes of tarkov you know you experience that tactic rig fear where you're like this is you know my tactic i'm, I'm like the only one in my stash you know it's like even though i got like 20 million rubles like you know it, it's like it means something there's this huge intensity like it's such a good feeling but that stuff you start to get used to that, and yeah. 
and that sucks because you gotta like come up with new ways to to create that sort of intensity um and i think pvp tries to fill that void but in my opinion it come becomes more of a task to do pvp because you got all the buying the selling the gearing up i mean they're trying to relieve some of that stuff but it's like in my opinion they're, they're going the wrong way where i i think they need to focus more on creating like making the game intense as like the loop like you know if i don't get this water out this water collector out then i'm not gonna have water for the next two days and my pmc is going to start to rate dehydrate like this means everything you know saying that 28 days into the wipe you know that's what like they need to create ways because that's like pvp kind of happens naturally you know what i mean i, I just i don't know I, i'm just kind of all over the place but it's, it's complicated <sighs> i mean i've been thinking about also just like other stuff um i have been I probably won't talk about it too much, honestly, but I'll dip into it a little bit. I've been playing like the tiniest little piece of DayZ. I've been like, oh, yeah, I saw that. I've been dabbling a tiny little bit into the game, just like playing it here and there, just a little bit. And uh, it's just like, it's just so interesting how, you know, Tarkov's got this. They're almost like these games, these extraction or survival shooters, they're almost like roguelikes in many ways. So like Daisy is very much like an actual roguelike. You know, you go, you do your run, you do all the stuff, you die. I mean, yeah, there's bases and some servers. And like, it depends on the server, right? But the vanilla Daisy experience is mostly roguelike. You know, you die, you start yeah. back on the shore. You're it's, miles a, away it's, from a pure, you it's a pure roguelike, pretty yeah, well much. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. I mean, there are some exceptions to that rule, but it's pretty much like that. Tarkov is very much like a roguelite, right? So yeah. you finish your run, you get to buy some upgrades, and then you right. get to go again, right? It's like, it's, 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 a complete, it's, different, it's completely different. Right. And it's just interesting... Because, like, you know, I've just gotten to the point of, like, figuring out... I mean, I'm on a some random server, and I've gotten to the point where I've got some stuff so I can begin, at least. Like, I'm not fully self-sustaining, but I've come across, like, the first military loot points. I've got, like, a red dot, but I can't put it on anything. And it's, like, it feels... It's just so different, right? It takes so long to progress in Daisy in yeah. comparison to EFT. And if you die, you lose everything. So that that kind of is what gives the game its longevity, that you just yeah. play the same the loop again That's... and again. Like, there is no end game. Um, that's exactly how always, Project yeah, Zomboid is. Exactly. And you're always having to do that thing. You're always like, when you die, you're yeah. starting, like, even if you're a 4,000 hour player, you're starting from zero, you're you know, struggling for water and whatever. And you have to solve those problems and you'll be better at solving those issues. And you know where the points right. are on the map and stuff like that. But you still have to worry about it. And people yeah. still get unlucky and die and whatever. You know, you get like a disease and you run out of meds and you can't find it. You run into somewhere and there's, you know, enforced PvP and someone's geared and you're dead again. Right. It's like that, it just happens. And that's the game loop in Daisy. So it's kind of more self sustaining in many ways. It's quite interesting in Tarkov that you get to that point where like you've got max traders, you've got all the access to all the things you could ever want, and it's like, I mean, that's that's it. That's the end of the game. Yeah, you know, that's, that is that is it. So whether that can ever be fixed, I don't know. But I mean, improving in PvP is much more of a thing, I guess, because you're just going in every raid geared. Um, you're like, right, well, I'm improving my skills. For some people, that's enough. For some people, it's not. Probably not right now because the PvP technical aspects of it are really bad because as you say it's like desync it's too, way too much desync audio completely sucks um, i had like a really weird fight i was like muttering about it before while you were talking sorry i was a bit rude and um i had this like weird fight on lighthouse and i kind of forgot that like not everything on lighthouse is fully done like it would be interesting to see what it's like after next week 
I could not tell what level the guy was oh, on at all. Like yeah. every time I ran out, I was just like, yeah. "Oh, he's not there." And then I ran through, just like he should be through. This. Nope, he's not. He's downstairs. Oh no, he's actually gone up this stairwell. I was just like, "What the hell, man?" And but like it, that combined with the desync of like you run out and then you get shot in the stomach because you know yeah. behind the wall and stuff, and you're just like, "Oh man!" And like having to play thinking about it from a desync perspective just doesn't feel great. Like it's yeah. all of that adds to the frustrations of PvP. But um, yeah, I'll stop before we go too. Yeah, too much into that. Well, it's obvious. I, I, for me, I am uncertain if all those things were addressed. For me personally, if that would make PvP, uh, like I would do the PvP grind again. You know, Mm -hmm. I just, even if they made loading fast and, uh, you know, you geared up, like, that's what I mean. It's going to be really interesting to see Arena because I honestly don't feel like me personally, I'm going to enjoy arena pvp gameplay like who wants to do right lean peaks and turn on flashlights and you know what i mean like it just you know blurp aim punch like all the inertia like all these things just kind of sound not that fun to me personally in arena but they got some type of economic side so that that has me interested and there's a ladder so there might be something there but i'm not putting a lot of chips in arena i'll definitely check it out but yeah we're gonna going- have to see Going back to the roguelite and roguelite thing, I think if you want your roguelite to be more like a roguelike, uh, or rather, you know, something that has a bit of a non-linear conclusion to it, um, you you basically strip away your permanent upgrades, but slowly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that way you always sort of have a reason to return and play. Um, that sounds really bad, though, in some ways. It's like the memory skill or whatever. Like, And in some ways, like the, rogue- yeah. the roguelike games where you just die and you have to start fully from scratch, in some ways that's like, it's so crushing, but it's, it's almost major. better. Yeah. It's almost better than just like, oh, a GPU popped in your... Well, your is fleet, it, though? Your, your because farm. Would you rather lose a GPU or would you rather lose your entire stash? I mean, it's... It's a completely different thing, I guess. They're on two... Di- they're, yeah, I think they're on two... Di- I, I think if that's the route they wanted to go, I don't think it is, personally, because I think they oh. are doing a linear experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but for it... Like, this is the interesting thing with V-Rising I'm playing currently and trying mm. not to obsess about. <laughs> um, it is a very linear game and there is pve and pvp but there's hardcore servers where when you die and to players instead of dropping just the items you picked up you also drop your gear um right so you and there's like base rating right so it's like you could potentially but you have some upgrades that can't be stripped away like the 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 spells you unlock from killing all the bosses and um those recipes unlocked that you got for killing those bosses but like you can lose your base all of your resources your gear like you like because your levels associated with your gear effectively your damage and hp is all associated Mm. with your gear so like when you go from like level 40 to level zero and you respawn you're just like dude you are you're not doing anything you know what i mean you could run back maybe but it's such a but it, for me, it kind of helps keep the game interesting and, and sort of like not so linear. Because when you do the linear thing, you get to the end. It's just kind of like, well, well, now what? You know, it's like, oh, PvP. Yeah. Um, 
you know, how good is that? It, it's kind of contingent on that, I think. Yeah, exactly. And it's like in the, in V Rising, would you carry on playing just for the PvP? Uh, maybe now they've they've expanded the depth a lot more, so maybe now, okay. but we'll see. But in the past, no, and so then that's kind in of the, past, the same no. thing. You get, yeah. yeah, you get to like the I, point I, where I like, did okay. a little bit, but it you know it fizzled out so fast. I mean, the numbers speak for himself on V-Rising, the current player count. But anyways, it's still a still like these things aren't bad to be clear. Like you know, Tarkov's popular for a reason. V-Rising's also popular for a reason. Um. You know, yeah, they don't all have to be the same. Yeah, yeah, they don't all have to be, you know, games that last for a millennium. You know what I mean? It's it's gonna be okay. Uh, yeah, okay. and Tarkov has wipes for a reason, right? And PSG have accepted that as well. Yeah. So. Move moving on, moving forward. Um, so, okay, this this was interesting. So, Landmark said weight should not be in the game. It goes against all the core mechanics of the game. Punish players for engaging with the basic mechanics of the game. Uh, he also says weight and movement speed modifiers sh- should only be tied to the gear. Loot shouldn't affect your weight. The game is a looter shooter. It punishes you for looting and shooting. It's so backwards it makes no sense. And I mean, this this kind of is like a funny statement, right? Because I mean, in in that context, I mean, that's kind of true, right? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to disagree with him. Uh, it's purely on what he's talking about, right? Yeah, but like. That's if you assume Tarkov is a looter shooter. Like, I feel like I could make, you know, as, assuming I was actually a skill game dev, but if I had the ability and resources, I feel like I could make a really compelling game for Tarkov or for Landmark that he would enjoy, where essentially it's like, it's essentially like Quake, um, you know, arena, arena gameplay, but how you win is looting them like you get like collect like tokens off their bodies and if if you got a bunch of tokens and you don't make it out you know then you loot you're in last place but if if you kill a guy that has a bunch of tokens you know it's like it's just like some weird bounty for killing players and you stack them up and then you extract you know because that kind of sounds like what yeah maybe they want is like you uh you know it's just like your success is measured by the value that you were able to get off the map from the map itself or players that were also trying to do the same thing, you know, and that's the only thing that matters, you know, that like, you know, you know what I mean? Like you're not punished for looting stuff, you know, it's like, Oh, you picked up an item. But to me, I think that makes it more interesting as like, you know, Oh, you got all these tokens on you. Now you're, you're heavier, like you're more of a target, but you know, it's like the risk reward thing, but, to each their own. Uh, yeah, I think the issue with with that is that it's like a lot of the top level players are just bored of the looting aspect of the game in many ways, and yeah, it's just it's just a complicated one. Um, because like I kind of like I I know what he means, and I can I I do sort of agree to some extent with with the logic, but I'm trying to think of a like a, some kind of anecdote that makes sense for this. It's it's almost like I don't know. There's something to be said though for the fact. Okay, the game is a looter shooter. You're supposed to be looting, but the more that you try to loot, the harder the game gets for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's is is that's what isn't isn't that fine? 
Isn't that the way it is? It's like, okay, we're going to play a, you know, an economic punished, sim. You're punished for right? com- trying to complete the well, objective. It's not necessarily, it's not necessarily <laughs> like, well, but it depends what you mean by punished, right? People, like, people are throwing right. around these words like punished. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you could just, you could replace the word with challenged and it becomes completely yeah, different. Absolutely. Right? It's just like, like, oh, I'm playing a space economic sim where the idea is to, you know, accumulate all the money in the galaxy or whatever. It starts off easy, but as you get more money, you like, you, you get this like faction rivalry or whatever, and you start getting attacked because right. you're like starting to become a big player and it gets more difficult to achieve the objective. Isn't that the idea behind games? Yeah. And, and in Tarkov, right? It's like, it's risk reward on how much you take out per raid versus how much you want to have on you. Um, and you can still throw your backpack on the floor. So there are mechanics to avoid some of the, the downsides, but it's like, again, then you have to, you have to then manage the backpack and stuff. Like, I'm, I'm just not sure if I agree entirely with it because well, putting, up, putting more challenges for the player as they pursue the objectives that the game gives them, I don't think is inherently a bad thing. I agree. And I think this ties into the idea that, um, you know, in like your, your space uh, conquest analogy, you know, if you are being targeted, maybe you want to take a wormhole to another galaxy, you know, and then secure some of your resources. You know, in other words, because people are challenged for carrying all this loot, they want to like secure it. So they want to get out and they don't do PvP. I think that also plays into like, in other words, what he's saying is like if if they weren't challenged for looting and they weren't affected by any of this loot they picked up. Um, you know, they're like effectively walking money bags, you know, it's just like, it's, that's why it makes me think they, they kind of just want, I say they, but like he wants some sort of thing where, you know, you, you're rewarded for shooting players. That's like the, the main goal, but you can't be punished. Uh, like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like everyone just starts with like 500, what, like $500. And then each player, you keep getting more and more money, but. I don't know. Like it's like, even yeah. in that situation, it's a conundrum because wouldn't you want to get out with the money? Yeah, you know I, know, I mean, yeah. it's just I, like I know, I know, I know what you mean. So there was a couple of uh, there was there was one comment actually that made me really think about stuff, which I was like, oh, that's kind of cool because that element is one of the core things that I was trying to fix with the video that I made. And on that on that particular, there's a there's a chart that I put up, which is the problems that we need to resolve that have been resolved in the past, which is. Hatchlings, having to survive the quest items, oh, no. trader items blocked from resale, um, flea market not having in-game gear, decent pacing in the early white, players staying in raid, and PvP being satisfying because of fair gear resale. There was actually um, something that I'd forgotten about for the specific element of players staying in raid, which could solve some of the problems. And I haven't, I haven't gone, I haven't had a chance yet to go because I was like literally just trying to reply to as many comments as I could on the video before the scab talk started. So I was okay. like gathering as much feedback as possible from people. I haven't had a good chance to think about where it would fit in and if it would allow me to release another criteria. But someone reminded me about the loot drops. And I think that that is the genius idea for players staying in raid, right? That's the solution. What's being the able drops? to drop your loot, you know, drop, being able to drop your loot off at like a car or something like that oh. and then carry on in the raid. Because BSG said that that was coming at some point, especially for streets. But they actually said it was coming to the game. Um, and that like would incentivize people to stay in raid, but then they don't lose everything if they die. It's like almost like a nice, you know, but people kind of know where it is. Like they might be a contested, it might be contested to do that. Like it could be yeah. interesting. I don't know. Like it's, it's a potential solution. As I said, I haven't fully thought through the ramifications of exactly how that fits into like my own framework yet, 
but it was one that I've it was one that stood out to me as being like, oh, that would actually be kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like a inverse of the cycle. You know, the cycle is like the raid stays open extremely long and people are like coming and going where and it's and th- let's hypothetically say it's the raid never ends. It, it does end. It's like eight hours or something, but because yeah. I think stability reasons, but let's mm-hmm. say hypothetically it doesn't end. Um you, you people are uh constantly coming and going um and it makes it it sort of feel fresh and if you want you can stay in really long and like wait for respawns try to get a lot of stuff i mean you can you you have that option whereas this thing is like okay you have a static window 45 minutes and you Instead of like coming and going, you stay in and you try to get as much as you can into the thing that vacuums it out for you. You know, um, like why would you? I mean, there's so many. You know, obviously they got to think of some things, but like in that case, why would you ever want to extract? You know, you could just maybe you only can use it once. Um, per maybe raid. if you die, you get none of it. I know, but that doesn't make any sense even. That doesn't yeah, even work. I don't, I don't think because <laughs> then it invalidates right. the whole point of the thing. Maybe the stuff like maybe oh, I don't know. Like it's yeah, a I'm giant sure. enraged secure container. Essentially, it's just a yeah. big secure container you interact with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you have to go there. It's static on the map. It's not yeah. like on your player. So that's yeah. there's a big difference there. Gosh, I'm not really. I'm not sure. But even that has implications because now that's. I mean, this makes it also more interesting. Is that it's now a new objective on the map? You know. In other words, mm-hmm. a new spot to camp. <laughs> but, yeah, or uh, to fight over or whatever, but yeah, like maybe to camp. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm being facetious. Of, of course. But, but, uh, yeah, but I thought that was an interesting. interesting one. Like, it's a potential. Yeah. Um, maybe you could work that into something. I don't know yet. Like, there might, said, there might, honestly like, I, might be something there. Yeah, I spent like three days and an entire morning talking with people on Discord to make the video that I did make to try to think of like all the random crap that could go wrong with these systems or that mm-hmm. system or why this does work and doesn't work and you know, refining it and blah, blah, blah. So I'm not going to be able to fit that in and, you know, on the fly in five minutes. Right. Another way this stuff works. But I, it was one of the interesting comments that stuck out. All right. Let me try to wrap up the TIGS part so we can jump on to your video. Um, although we kind of already have. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Just, just try, I just want to get a couple, past a couple of these. Yep comments here um skip that one uh so this this was interesting takes things gear should be shellable but ammo should not be sellable on the flea armor will be balanced because supply and demand concept and ammo will be balanced because of it being unsellable um plus the inherent relationship of armor and ammo like how you know Armor is like breakpoints, very breakpoint key. Like uh, you got class six. There's not like six point five. You know, mm-hmm. technically there's class six that's ceramic and class six that's you know uh, titanium or whatever. And it doesn't really make it any better at stopping rounds that can penetrate class six, but it makes it better at uh, absorbing more rounds from lower tier calibers. Um, so. It's it's kind of a weird thing, but if if as long as you have the ammo breakpoint, then you kind of just always win against the armor, you know, that yeah. you're fighting against. So, 
Um, I I thought that was interesting. I don't think that I don't. This is the problem. I think is armor is like if you had no fountain raid again in, in his in his um concept. I I'm not sure if because there's there's basically a multitude of problems that arises. Um, but in short, if if you can reliably generate money, then I don't know. I don't know. I I, 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 I we'll move on because I want to touch on that part later. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Yeah, it's just tricky. I just think that you it comes back to one of my core tenets, which we'll go through, but I think it just I just think it ends the early game. Um Lamar thinks you should flip trader ammo on the flea. I was surprised to hear him say that, but I think there's this sort of mentality like I should you know, I worked here, I should get the reward. You know, I, I should be rewarded, in other words. And casuals are better off because they're buying the, the ammo for me, right? I just don't, I think it's, I just don't think it's, I don't think it works. I don't think it actually works. We've been there I before, mean, I just don't think it works. It does work for casuals because they don't have to invest much. <laughs> but they're going to die anyway. Mean? It doesn't help them. Yeah, but it, it's, it's a win-win. The casuals get to like, you know, not like check out the game essentially. And the hardcore guy gets all the powerful upgrades all the time. You know, he has infinite money. I mean, they can also get infinite money. They have to hatchet run, though. But they can also get infinite money. It's just such an awful thing. You've got hatchet runners on one side, who's the people yeah. who figured out the meta. You've then got casual players who are just getting stomped on by players you know, with all well, the gear because it's accessible all the time. And then you've got casual <laughs> players who are scared to go in with a good gear because it is still expensive because they don't know how to make money yet. I just don't think it's, I don't but, think it's good. Uh, this is the other thing. I want to get into later, cause, but if, we'll just do it now. You don't even have to know the meta. This is this is the this is the part that like Sam, General Sam, and Pestily even talk about that. You know, I mean, you you, you guys know me. I have a strong stance against secure containers, but um, if you if you allow people, if you remove Founder Raid, and you in some ways you do incentivize PvP more because. There's been plenty of times where I have a graphics card on me and my butt, and it's like, hey, my kit's paid for, and some. You know what I mean? It's like, why not just push this guy? Like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, I don't really care yeah. if I die or if I die. <laughs> like, but mm-hmm. I think the problem is then you break Tarkov, where the goal of survival extract thing is meaningless. <laughs> like, there's kind of kind of no point to it. And you again, you don't have to be a hatchling. You can be a fully geared player, but if you're the container is worth more than your kits. You're you're kind of just breaking the game. So I I don't know. I, I I think that's a a big problem with this whole like remove found and raid thing is I'm I'm personally for this just so we can all remind ourselves how bad not having found and raid was. <laughs> in all in all honestly, I'm personally like I, I don't have much stakes in this, honestly honestly. Yeah. But I think it would be kind of great. <laughs> we gotta try stuff. We gotta try stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like I guess I could dip into another little piece of mine because because on the thing yeah. that I've 
proposed. It's exactly that mentality was exactly like one of the core tenets of my thing, which was that, yeah, we're going to remove finding raid, but we're going to still, we're going to go, we're going to do a half and half, you know, yeah. we do a half and half. We're going to try and like keep the progression, but we're going to remove finding raid for like for normal items, but we're going to keep, we're going to keep it for quests. Yeah. So that players don't just want to leave straight away, but they, I mean, they would for quests, right? But that, I think that's fine. I think you need the tension for quests somewhere. I don't think removing everything and being able to just like run in, grab a gas analyzer and die and then hand that into therapists. I don't think that that's compelling gameplay. But running in, finding, you know, even if you find something good like a Ledex or whatever, um, like there's, there's other things to it, right, which stop you going in naked in my proposal. So if you go in and you're just a regular player and you're like, yeah, normally and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, I mean, did, was there other stuff that you wanted to talk about on Tix's thing before you jump in? Before we go into my particular, I, I don't otherwise think so. I'm going to start like I'm going to start rambling. Otherwise, I don't think so. No. Okay. All right. Fine. Well, well, let's go. Let's go from the top then. Let's go from the top. So that was kind of yeah. That was one of the big premises is that lots of the top players are talking about PvP being unsatisfying, which is partly the question we were talking about before, which I think is mainly to do with economics. Like, yeah, it's to do with technicalities, but if it's not to do with the technicals of the game, desync and yada yada. And it's also not to do with the economy, then it's like a fundamental flaw with Tarkov that like it can't be resolved. Do you know what I mean? Like if it's not if it's neither of those what two things, like if it can't be resolved. Like if they solve so just for argument's sake, we did all we just removed all the restrictions or whatever. For for better or worse in all the other um like no founder array, other, no in all the other elements of the game, right? And people saying, Oh, PvP now feels really good. Like, yeah, you've got other problems and stuff, but PvP okay. feels really good. Um, and you also get rid of desync and you make the audio really good and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Like, is that, if, if that isn't, it's kind of what we were saying before, if that isn't enough to make PvP good, like PvP is economically profitable and mm-hmm. also, um, and, and players are, are not leaving the raid, like, is that enough to fix the game? If it isn't, then nothing you do can help. And and all yeah. the decent and stuff is, is fixed. Well, like if if, most, if none of those things <laughs> fix it, then then you can't you can't I, help the game. Like it's got a fundamental I, problem because of the game structure, because you get to a final point and you and the game finishes, right? That's yeah, the, that's part of the way Tarkov is. That's right? my can't, can't do anymore. premise is that the problem is not that PvP is not rewardable. The problem is is you are trying to like force something onto it that it's fundamentally not. You know what I mean? Like Yes, like yes, I can do PvP and you know try to raise the intensity and 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 watch the number go up. I guess, but it's it's not it's not like you're never going to get back that same feeling of oh my god, I really need this. You know what I mean? Unless you change the fundamentals of the game, where you you do constantly need to do stuff. You know what I mean? You you essentially make the game more challenging. Yeah, and there's other elements to this, like the trader loop pool rework and stuff. But that's kind of like mm-hmm. I almost feel like that's kind of out. Like it's it's everything's connected, so it's relevant, but it's still like if you if you bring in too many elements, you can't fix anything. Yeah, that's true. So, okay, so let's just like let's just come back to like the base stuff within my system, and then you can tear it apart. <laughs> okay. So we're saying like the the fundamental principles here is that we're saying. Having everything open on the flea market is bad because at the end the the early wipe ends almost instantaneously, which we've seen before. This is this is true. It does. We're also as a sort of an ancillary point saying that 
doing that is not necessarily good for the casual player base. Um, it depends again. It depends on your definition of casuals and new players and yada yada. But I just don't believe that the the vast majority of like new people picking up the game benefit from those mechanics in a way that they can have the fun that everybody talks about as an experienced player looking down upon all the new people and being like, oh, these guys are going to have so much fun now. They can buy class five and M six one, whereas they're actually going to be crawling around the map with an MP five and just get slapped by someone wearing a fast M two with a face shield that they bought off the flea. So, okay, so specifically, do players in that that case. It, for that for that particular piece, yeah. Okay. So you some so you somehow so so finding raid basically incentivizes people to leave early because whenever they find anything good, they just want to get out. Because if they die, like even even with it in the secure container, then they're not really going to make much from it. Like yeah, you can sell it to the traders, but like the the profit potential is is much lower. Yeah, it's I'd, a nerf for sure. Yeah, PvP. Is also unsatisfying because by extending the early game with finding raid and also doing the bans on the flea market, you now like taking player loot is basically pointless because partly because you can buy all that stuff yourself, but also partly because the values are just so bad. You yeah. can't sell it to players now, and so you right. have to sell it to traders at like whatever ridiculous value. It's like it's something's yeah. tiny, right? It's like 40 yeah. 50 percent, like it's so bad, and it just feels awful selling like a redoute for like 65k or something to the traders. Yeah. You think, like, man, this sucks. But what Finding Raid does fix is these hatchlings. It forces you to, because they, they can't just die with the stuff in their container and make like loads of money. They can still do it, yeah. but they, they can't make loads I mean, of money. So as an example, LedX was like a million plus. Now it's like 100,000 rubles. So it's yeah. effect, you know, depending on how you slice it, you could argue barter, using it for barters, which effectively would be a million or whatever Lexus are going for. But yeah, that aside, but it's like exactly that's like a niche case and finding raid came in and hatchling stopped yeah because they got 90 percent nerve it was it was a massive nerve yeah Yeah. so from my perspective it fixed it so finding raid means that you have to leave the raid with the quest items it has to be finding raid which is a good thing the trade of items um got blocked from resale because they're not finding raid which is a good thing because that stops people bypassing the the um the early game by leveling all the way up to, to tier four traders and then selling BP back on the flea down to the lower people because it's just like that just completely bypasses the whole trader system. Like whether you agree with the trader system or not, you know, that's the system. I'm, I'm taking the trader system right now as like a, you know, a base core pillar. You know, as much as I would like it to change, mm-hmm. I just, if we introduce like changing that as well, it's just too much for the moment. Okay. But as we said, people have to leave the raid when they find basically anything. Um, right. Which kind of sucks, and PvP PvP sort of sucks <laughs> because you can't sell any uh, of their stuff. And like, rather than so, you just leave all their kit in the raid, and you just go and find you know wires and CPUs. Like you 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 fight somebody, and you're like half kitted. Maybe you'll take a rig because you can just pack their stuff inside, and it's like free space. But most of the time, people don't take like you take the attachments off the AK, you leave the gun, you know, you leave like a lot of right. well, you know, bad rigs or whatever. Like it depends on what it is, but lots of lots of stuff you just leave in the raid. So. The way that I wanted to to kind of resolve all of this was by bringing, basically getting rid of finding raid and just applying it to quests only. Because, and and import and importantly, keeping the flea restrictions. Right, that's that's the thing. So you still can't sell class five armors on the flea. So you couldn't, you know, you, you can't can't just like buy your way through the progression. Um, but it also means you can sell player gear that's not banned. So class fours, you could sell ammo that's not banned. You could sell armor that isn't banned, helmets, rigs, or guns, atta- and basically any attachment in the game. You could sell those. 
And that would make PvP feel a lot better. Like, you'd feel like you want to take a gun because a gun is then like a storage of attachments, I guess, right? It's like there's a lot more value of a, for a gun when the attachments are actually worth something, um, as well as the weapon itself, right? Which you could potentially sell. But none of that stuff that's banned on the flea, you're able to, um, to resell. But this opens up like a bunch of other things. And, um, you know, PvP is still not satisfying at the top level because if they've got a meta gun, it's going to be one of the restricted guns. So you can't do that. So, that was why I wanted to introduce increasing the trader repurchase prices for those weapons. You can't sell them to players anyway, so you may as well just get the traders to pay more for them. Like it makes sense; these things are top end pieces of kit. You know, there's an immersion aspect as well as just the gameplay value. You know, it's yeah. like someone has a, a meta SR. Okay, you can sell the attachments on the fleet, but the SR you can sell to the traders for like eighty percent of its value. You can't sell it to players. Like, yeah, you could use it, sure, and it's still. You're just saying give buff player essentially buff player loot to traders, yeah, which buff yeah. player loot and and. And you could also do something with dog tags if you wanted to. Like it doesn't, yeah, you know, it's it's not necessary to do that. Right. But you, you could, right? So you're basically just increasing the value of player kits when you kill someone in PvP. So incentivize people to take the player kits more so than the loot. And it's this is a rebalancing, right? It's not like I'm saying PvP right. needs to be better than looting the map. Like that's not it. Right now, PvP is not better than looting the map. You're yeah. better off sneaking around, hearing somebody, lying in a bush, waiting for them to go past, then walking on, looting five stashes, and leaving the game. Like it's not a compelling yeah. game loop. I think the game's better. At- I mean, you could kill them in hopes that they have also looted, but you're gambling, which to me plays into the fact that extract camping is very profitable because they're going to the extract. They probably have loot on them. <laughs> like, it's, it's kind of a no-brainer, right? So Yeah. yeah. So, the, so there's that. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. So, yeah, so there's, there's still no endgame gear on the fleet using this kind of adjusted system. The early wipe still stays with decent pacing because you still need to level your traders. You can't just buy, like, super good stuff until you reach them they stay in raid for a bit longer because they can put something in their secure container now and actually sell it when they leave which is kind of that's probably like the most one of the most controversial things about this um and pvp is more satisfying because player gear actually like makes money now when you leave or at, le- at least makes like something similar to what it would be when you purchase it you know right you're you trying to bring it in line you know i'm trying to bring it in line so it makes little, more right. so, so they're both so both are viable that's the point i'm not trying right. to like Make the chads win. I'm not trying to do anything yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. I, want to, I want all the viable playstyles to all be well viable. I want all the playstyles to be viable. Mm-hmm. That's that's the, that's the idea. Um, what's what's the more controversial thing? The fact that you can sell items on the fleet that got in your secure even if you died because I've removed okay. finding raid. <laughs> yeah. If you find a Lennox, you can sell it on the fleet even if you die. Obviously, the the main problem with this right is that you need to fix hatchlings because you bring back the problem with hatchlings with that, yeah. which is one of the like. So basically, this covers off like most of the points that I wanted to fix. And there's three patches. Patch number one is you have to have scavs guarding high tier loot. You have to, they have to be there at the beginning of the game. You have to have scavs in resort, like all the entrances. Like and you, you could do it in some particular way um, that it makes sense so that it's not like risk free to go in straight away. Because that's the problem with hatchlings right now. You can run, you can use the key, open the door. You've used an SH6. You, you don't weigh anything. You grab the stuff and you just like run out, even without. Um, even in the existing system, honestly, like you can get there before other people because you don't weigh anything. Yeah, yeah. Like there, there should be some deterrent for the high value loot spots. Um, and there was actually there was a really cool post from somebody. I, I hope he comes back to me actually. Um, like he wrote like loads of stuff about why that's not necessarily good because you like give away where the high tier loot is and that kind of thing. And I was like, well, if, I think it just needs to be a lot more general, right? I think it just needs to be way more generalized. It's like, yeah, they should be at the the entrances to the resort. They should be in dorms you know you, you don't necessarily 
they don't necessarily they, don't, they shouldn't be like outside the room right if there's good loot in it right that's not that's not what i'm saying they need to be in the area and have the ability to like spot a hatchling who's running in with no cares in the world like if you can stealth your way in and get the loot like fine right you give other players the chance to catch up then as, as well in theory mm-hmm. so there's there's the pros and cons to it but you, there needs to be some deterrent like i actually don't even really care if it's scavs or not but you you need some deterrent and scavs are the easiest most obvious one in the new updates that we should be getting it should technically be possible to have more ai on the map based on mm-hmm. what you've said whether you believe it or not is up to you but it, it should be possible so i don't see there's there shouldn't be any technological reason why that's not not the case the the second part is um removing finding raid means you then no longer have to survive quest items um i basically just wanted to reapply finding raid just to quest items themselves just call it something else it can just be finding raid but it applies to um it basically just it applies to all items but it only is valid when you're handing stuff in for quests it's just called quest eligible if you die with something and you're secure you can still sell it on the flea but you can't hand it in for a quest you know if it's a gas right. analyzer you can't hand it in because it is just the finding raid system so you get it either from from the raid you've crafted it in the hideout or um what's the other what's the other route the other, oh a quest quest reward so you keep the system the same as it is now, but you just, you just make it only applicable for quests. That stops people from buying their way through the quests. And the final one you have is the not for resale flag. Yeah. This basically occurs, there's a little bit of a flowchart for it, but this occurs when you buy something from the traders. Somebody did actually ask a really interesting one, which I, had to, I haven't decided whether yes or no to it yet, which was, would that apply to purchases from the flea like it does in the normal finding rate system? I don't know. I haven't decided. And I didn't think about that, which is why it was important to get a lot of feedback. Oh, wow. But yeah, that's a... Exactly. But like buying yeah. from the trader, at least, it flags it with not for resale. It's flagged for not for resale, so you can't put it back on the flea market um, at, like, at all. And this, there's also like a law element to that, right? Like you can't buy stuff from the traders and like undercut them on the flea or whatever. Um, it's like find the stuff. Maybe. Gonna, you know, if you got it from them directly, maybe, like, uh, they're going to kneecap you or whatever. Like, I mean, this, I'm fan, sort of hand-waving. Yeah, yeah, like hand-waving, fan-luring it into the side yeah. as well. But it's like, a, you know, it's an added benefit. So that applies to you. It never goes away. If you, get it, if you die, you get it back in insurance. Right. It still has not for resale. You give it to a team. So it applies to all your teammates too. If they get it, the item from you, or they pick it up or whatever, it's still not for, eligible for resale. Like the only way you could do it is stream sniping each other into the same raid, picking up each other's loot and extracting it. Like, A, is anybody going to be bothered to do that? I don't know, maybe. B, it's also very hard to do that now because the server's aggregated. So it's very difficult to actually get into. You can't just like pick, you know, mm-hmm. Montenegro or whatever, and like both specifically go onto one server and queue at the same time. It's like uh, in the dead of night. Like it's hard to yeah. do that now because I mean, maybe in some places in the world you would be able to do it. I don't. I'm not sure. But for the most part, people aren't going to be bothered, right? Because you still have to extract. So it's just going to be a pain um, to do that. And you still can't sell stuff that's flea banned. So it's not like you can sell the crazy items on the flea. Um, I guess that's. I guess that's the thing. That's why you would need. Well, would you need to do that? I'm thinking like if you bought a Ledex from the flea, someone could cheese it by tra- transferring it with another person and then you could like, oh, but then what would be the point of that? Anyway, I'm just trying to think on the fly. So I, I don't know whether, I think like if you say, oh, if it's bought off the flea, then not for resale applies is the safest way. I'm not sure what the, the collateral damage is for that. But anyway, if you put all of these things together, keeping the flea restrictions, getting rid of finding raid, increasing the trader values for banned items only, maybe increasing the, the PVP dog tag value, Gav's guarding high tier loot. Um, oh, I missed something out actually. So in, um, adding a secure container like input. Animation. Delay. Animation. So yeah. some people are talking about like lock the, lock the container mm-hmm. completely, which I was on board with previously. 
Mm-hmm. But that falls into exactly the same problem. It's actually even worse than finding raid. Because finding raid, you can put it in your secure, and if you die, you can send it to the trader. If you lock the secure container, you can't put anything in it at all. So that actually yeah. incentivizes people even more to leave raids, which was a problem that we yeah. were trying to fix. <sighs> Is, so uh, that's that, right? So yeah. we've got scouts guarding the high loot. <laughs> more, more well, like the, the entering the secure container um, delay with an audio queue to cut. It's like another hatch thing prevention thing. Make, make finding raid now only eligible for quests, not being able to resell stuff in the traders, and adding all these things together. It kind of like it ticks all of the various boxes that I think. I, I think need to be solved to be a viable system. Based on a few assumptions, of course. So, there you go. Fire away, church. <laughs> Alright. Let's tear this puppy down. Um, <laughs> Alright, so... Why do players leave raids? Question. Why do players leave raids? Because they find their quest item. Because they've killed somebody and they take their gear and Why? they leave. Oh, because well, they need to survive with it to complete the quest. They need to survive. Survival matters. Survival matters. Um, yes, it does. So, <laughs> in some ways, I think, jumping back to the landmark thing, perhaps maybe they want survival to not matter. That way people fight more. Because even in the pre-Found and Raid meta, when we had Lenexes up our butts, we were still willing to fight because survival didn't matter. So I don't know if the issue is we need to make uh, <laughs> survival not matter because I think you just sort of the game is no longer a survival game. You know what I mean? It's like wh- why are we what are we what are we trying to accomplish here? You know what I mean? Yeah, so this is, I mean, this is particularly about the ability to sell items upon death in the secure, right? Um, in particular. It applies to that, but even, even as a whole, I would say, holistically. Mm, well, I mean, I mean, I, I have answers for like the specific secure container thing, but like okay. generally speaking, generally speaking, Survival does matter, and survival should matter most of the time. And I do think it's something that we should strive towards, if possible. So that's why I still think that quests should require survival. Of course, because it would be kind of defeat the purpose if they didn't. Been there before, and it's right. stupid, right? You just buy through them and it's silly. Like, what? I mean, the only thing that matters, like, if you, so let's say you don't survive. Mm-hmm. What actually, what matters then? Okay, well, if you had a locked secure container, then you lose everything. Fine. Except Ex- maybe insurance. And, and except what's in, what's in the container. If you, if you locked it, sorry, I was saying. If you, if you locked the container so you couldn't put anything in yeah. it in Raid, you could only take things out. But whatever Death. you brought in that was in a container, you would keep. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Every, yeah, yeah. Everything you brought in, you get to keep, sure. <laughs> sure. Finding Raid then means that you get to keep some of the items, but they're only useful in the hideout or for selling to the vendor. So survival... The thing is, you lose your whole kit, right? So survival still matters, but there's, there's a counter mechanic there where a little bit of the, of the survival didn't matter. Then, then if you take away the finding raid completely, so you can sell stuff on the flea, for the items that you take out, survival didn't matter. This is true. 
I'm not sure if it's a big enough game breaker to to rule it out. You know, like how how bad actually is that? <laughs> Will that cause players to act in odd ways? Yes, if they can just run to the loot and put it in their butt. Right. They can't do that if you block them from doing that. Will that cause the players to do anything different to what we want them to be doing, or, or at least like the styles that we that that people like to play? Like, will that cause them to do weird stuff that they don't like to do? I don't think so. If you deal with hatchlings, all I think it does is it allows casual players to retain a bit of the extra loot that they retain in raid and make a bit more money. Like the finding raid system that we have right now still allows you to make money when you die. This just increases that by a little bit, so everyone has a little bit more money. A little it means bit. That the, <laughs> Well, it depends, right? Like, yeah. This is this. It, this is the thing: is there? What situations are you thinking about? You, you say a little bit there, right? So, like, what, what situations are you thinking about where it's atrocious and, and doesn't function? I'm, because, genu- I'm genuinely interested. Well, because it's on the sliding scale, right? Yeah. Um, there are cases, you know, no found and rate. There are cases where you break even. You, you know, uh, only lost ninety eight percent of your kit's total value. There are some cases where you profited. You made 1%, you made, you know, 5% more, you made 100% more, 1000% more. You know, there's there, it's a it's a whole sliding scale when you have no restrictions, right? And those situations are particularly the you went in geared like a normal player. You went to resort and you killed the scabs nah, that are in that location. You went in the raid and you found a lead X. You put it in your secure container with nah, the animation. Nah, nah. Someone comes in and kills you. You get to keep that on the flea and sell it, but you had a budget kit, so you make a ton of cash. Hang on, hang on, hang on. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, right? Because you could go in. I could go in naked, not loot anything, and I, and I lost money, right? Whether I put it in my mean? container or not, and, and I died. I don't know what, I'm not sure what you mean. Would you, how did you lose money if you went in naked? Because I died, right? Like, I, you, you, you pay a fee to the, to the trader. Okay, well... we'll the healing we'll, fee or whatever. For simplicity's sake, we'll say I, I'm at 0%, right? But if I brought him to pistol and I died and looted nothing, I lost money, right? But if yeah. I picked up a mag and put my container, I only lost 98% of my kit, right? Mm-hmm. If I picked up a can of beans, I, I made 1% net worth when I died. You get, you get what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter what okay. you bring in. It, I mean, it does. But it also matters what you bring out via death. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like skill. It doesn't matter if you're a hatchet runner. If you have a pistol, if you have a grenade, you can be in all these ranges of percentages of, of your uh, net output do you know what i mean mm-hmm. sort like of. you could be in the negative because you 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 looted you know some things in your butt you didn't profit from your death but you made back some money you know like maybe yeah. half your kits uh you could lose your entire kit and lose everything you could have looted a lead x and sold it for a million and you made 500 percent of your kit you know what i mean that all of the all the possible it's like endless possibilities you know mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's contingent on what those things sell for to players, Indeed. of course. Um, so does that make sense? Why is that? Like, is that is that is that necessarily so bad? Um, well, this is the thing I was trying to say: is is it's like there's good, there's a good side to it, right? Like on the good side, like you and I would probably agree that we want to be in the range where people are, uh, you know, not necessarily profiting off their their deaths, right? Like the 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 good hearted side of the secure container is like 
you know what? You failed, but it's okay. You did do this little thing and you got a little bit of a, of a reward, yeah. right? The the dark side is um I just made, you know, 10 million rubles on interchange going in naked every raid. You know, the dark side is is I'm minimizing my input and maximizing my output and with because of the nature of like Tarkov's economy being like kind of hyperinflated in my opinion, um you the the millions of rubles you can just make insane money right and there's gonna be those players that will do that so if you in the current state where we do have fountain raid um there are some players that will hatch a run for them it it's worth it i think when the when the range is so extreme like right now i think the range is a lot smaller like it's a lot harder to make uh, you know, we you can kind of come up with those very nice cases where it's like I got a Lenox in my butt, I can use it towards the barter for the thick case. That's yeah. effectively worth a million. But the range has been extremely crunched down. Um, e- even even since Fountain Raid, I've still seen hatchet runners and killed. I've hatchet run for for science, of course. But you know, it's like there will still be people that do this thing. But it's okay because it's not the meta way is kind of where I'm at. I think most people are satisfied with the found and raid yeah. in regards to hatchet run. Cause not everyone is hatchet. Run. You know, I shouldn't say everyone, but it's not the mass majority. Yeah, exactly. You don't see it all the time. Yeah. Let me pose you a question then. Okay. Hypothetically speaking, if you can do like, I'm not saying that my hatchet running solution is perfect. Okay. If you can deal with players running in naked or like extremely undergeared in some fashion, to prevent them from running in, grabbing high-value items and stuff, mm-hmm. does then the ability to resell stuff on the flea specifically out of the secure container matter that much? Like, I, I, uh... I, I understand. I know where you're coming from, right? Because like, some people will be incentivized. They'll take the, the minimum viable kit to go in and kill the two scavs and go and grab the item or whatever, right? And they'll be there before people in 10 seconds on the skill won't matter and then they'll die and then it won't. You know, there'll be some people who, who min-max it. And it, it kind of regardless of what you do, unless you make it really some really serious system. I don't know. There's probably a way of doing it, to be honest. But you will be buffing hatchet running in some fashion by making these changes. Is that kind of like that that's true that's true to an extent. Yeah, I mean I mean, well, for you know, going over to your specific changes, I mean it's it's really fun thinking about this now because I basically being Arc Smitter, like I when I talked to Arc Smitter, I was basically on your position. Mm-hmm. And he was on my position, you know. I was like, surely there's some way, but um, and there and there might be, but uh, the essentially it's it's like a half measure, right? So if you put the scavs there to guard it, you sort of just like raise the minimum of the on the input, you know. You you do, and I had this argument from somebody else saying like, oh, if you go into raid without armor, without gear, without weapon or whatever, then you know you should get really punished if you die. And I'm like, well, that just raises the minimum. It's like tagged and cursed. That just raises the minimum bar for entry into the raid. Yeah. But I feel like if you have like two scavs there or whatever, like and the secure container mechanic, so that other players like maybe have the, the potential to like catch up with you or something, you have to like fire your gun. You know, if you want to bring a suppressor, that's another thing. I feel like you're actually yeah. engaging with the game at least like you have to kill the two scabs with like a super limited kit like okay fine you know now you've given it's... your position away because you've got a makarov like it's like i don't know i feel like there's some i feel like it's different just like saying oh we're just going to raise the bar of entry like you have to come in with 100k's worth of loot like then people will just come in with 100k's worth of crappy stuff they'll ensure it drop it on the floor like there's a meta way around that where it's like 
this way, like there's a deterrent that you have to deal with. You have to give yourself away. It's not necessarily as easy just to stuff the stuff in. You have to decide whether to keep it on you and run and then put it in somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, you still make the sound. You might get caught. You know. It, I, okay. So in a hypothetical situation, um, if you did make it essentially more challenging for them to do this. Yeah. Um, would, would that be, be enough for the deterrent? Would it be fine? Would it be enough? Is it enough to I, do? To, because, I because can't say. I would admit. I will admit, I, I'm accepting it, even though I don't like it. Let's put it that way. I think it's an. I think it's just like I can't see any way out other than this. It's the only. It's the one big compromise that I make in the whole thing, and I can't see any other way to fix it other than just tightening down the hatchling thing super hard with whatever, right? Like high value loot only spawns after ten minutes or five minutes or randomly mm-hmm. between five and ten minutes, or the, the rooms are locked for the first whatever. Like I, I don't know something. There's yeah. something there that allows you to stop people just running in at the start. Like the thing is, the whole of Tarkov screwed up because of something that somebody else pointed out, which is all the spawns happen. We all spawn in at the same time. We all run in. Well, that's just like it's ridiculous, right? It needs to be like the cycle right. or something with right. randomly respawning loot. Although I guess that maybe hatch things could could work in that system too. And I, I don't know. Now I'm just ranting. Let me stop. <laughs> I mean, hypothetically, like hypothetically, if you could, yeah, if you could create that scenario where, um, you challenge the hatchet runner essentially, whether it's raising the bar or they got to play some, you know, mini game or something, would that be enough of deterrent? I can't say for certain. I'm leaning towards no, simply because the values of the economy is ridiculous. Like the LEDX, the graphics cards. I don't know if. I don't know because you're essentially doing low, like low risk gameplay for high reward. So you make high risk gameplay, high reward, not like meaningful and low risk gameplay, low reward, not meaningful. So I think the metagame of the metagame would be what is the bare minimum I can bring in to maximize my profits, AKA Hunter Vepper M61 Mosin man, you know, um, because you could still put in whatever you find in your butt, you'd still make a profit. Everyone's economy gets boosted naturally. The economy, there's more money inflating, so things are more expensive. So, you they kind of scale with the items they're taking out in their containers and dying with, right? Like the Ledex has become more expensive because there's more money floating around because people are just kind of, you know, not losing money on average as much do you know what i mean yeah i mean there's other ways to deal with that right like by just decreasing the loot pool overall for all items and things like you, sure. you can make player base poorer like that but yeah I, I, it's tricky it's a really tough one i just i'm not sure like if you deal with the hatchlings problem which is a big if i just feel that the emergent gameplay of the rest of the player base like isn't like worse off necessarily for it right like there are situations like well... i said where you go in mid-geared and you go and you find the thing you stuff it in your you bust and then you die and then you just make a million rubles for no reason, even though you had like a mid-tier AK or whatever, just because no one else wanted to go to resort that raid. Like those situations will happen. Um, but I mean, in the current system, you still make 100k. Like I know that the scale's different, but like there's one dude making a mill this time. Does it make that much difference? Like if you tweak the loot pools or make it slightly rarer to account well, this, for it? Or, I this don't know. is the thing. You say, you know, does it make that much difference to the emerging gameplay? I mean, if you're tweaking loot pools for hatchlings, then... What about the people who are not hatchlings? Like they're affected by even the people that are not trying to be hatchlings. Now they have to fight scavs to get to these rooms. Like it, it affects everyone equally. 
Yeah, this is true. But they're also making more money from like the random items that they have when they when they die when they that they've got secured too. Not necessarily just the high value ones, but sure. You know, they're, they're now not they're now not just got to loot hideout only items in the secure. They can now take whatever and put it in and sell it. Like you know, if they take find a I don't, I don't know something that what, what sells for a lot on the flea, but it's just kind of useless to most people. Um, wires, I think. Tinkays, maybe maybe slot. wires like yeah just, just like just stuff like that or like syringes maybe you know there's a barter for that but sure. if you don't want to do the 30K. barter it's like 20 yeah it's like 30k 26k on the flea yeah. but like if you sell it to therapists it's like 5k you know stuff like that and i'm just not sure i just i'm not sure whether the principle of it whether we should die on that hill i think so because if you make if you have enough wiggle room or the majority, I mean, right now, right now, it's there's probably a small percentage, extremely small, but which I think is fine. You know, there's there's probably a number that's that's acceptable. Um, but if 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 you uh, if it's the majority, I think you just break the game because you you basically survival is optional. You know, you can you can max you. I mean, it, it you, you're still affected. Obviously, there's going to be times where you can't, you can't get to the, like, I, I run the Ledex, there is, there is no thing there, you know, I don't get the loot, whatever, you know, even if I'm naked, geared, whatever, you know, like, in, in, in the bubble, I, the idea of, like, I don't want to punish players 100%, I want them to be rewarded, you know, 20% for the work that they put in, I, I love that idea, but I think the problem arises when they're able to go beyond uh, 100%, and you know, one hundred one percent. It it's it's not ideal, but it's okay. But like the the thousand percent, you know, reward for dying. I just I just think it breaks the game. And this is why I say I'm I don't think Beast can do it for a, for a different reason. But I'm okay going back to the to that because I <laughs> I think it, I think it really was such a. I mean, it was so long ago, dude. That's like what three years ago. Something it, like that, yeah. It was so long ago, so. Because a lot of people are kind of advocating for not found and raid, I and I think you can do not found and raid. But this this is the this is the thing I'll say is, I think the, you know the what you're trying to do specifically on the container, um, similar to what I've done is not something that's very elegant in design. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. there's some things that are just like. Uh, you know, it's like you got to have all these rules and conditions for a lot of things, and you get this really long list. And that's kind of like the issue of found and raid, right? When you have something elegant, it just kind of like works. Every, like this freaking coffee mug, right? You know, it's like why don't you have just a little ring or you know some other weird shape for people to hold their fingers? Well, maybe some people don't have fingers. Like it's just you know, I mean, it's 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 it makes sense. It's got a bunch of different. Ways you can grip it, you know, I can hold like this, I can hold like this, you know, it's just, it's, it's right, you know what I mean? It doesn't have like all these rules and stipulations for people of missing indexes or giant, you know, monstrous hands or, you know, little tiny baby hands, you know? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, it's, it's a big, it's a big problem. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I just don't really know how else you fix it. I, problem. I, I still, I mean, I don't think they're going to do it, but I still think locking it. Would be I would be fine if you could lock it and you could put more stuff in there, like if I could bring, um, you know, six stacks of ammo in there. Plus, like if if you buff doubled the container sizes, fuck it, dude. Who cares? You know what I mean? But like at least people aren't 
doing, uh, you know, like survival still matters, but they're not getting massively punished. You know what I mean? Like if I could bring in a grizzly serve, all the keys, uh, six stacks of ammo, bucket grenades, you know what I mean? Like just remove the ability to uh, use it. Like you have to drag it out. Like it's basically a, a one way out. You, if you want to use it, you got to drag it out, right? Yeah. Um, and, and there you go. Like if you want, if you have to use it, then it's like emergency, but you don't, you know, I don't know. I think, are you in the I camp think that's of like, the simplest way. Are you in the camp of not being able to use Sims inside the locked container? Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of busted as well. <laughs> it's, yeah, dude, it's... the stuff they've done with adding, like, the boxes inside of boxes. Like, for me personally, dude, looting resort with the, with the contain, uh, the, the stems. I, back when it was 4x4, four four, even now I, st- I still do it when I did play, but I would leave empty slots for stems because dude some of these stems are like 100k Mm -hmm, it's like mm -hmm. i mean you if you want you could bring in more stems and there is value there but like why not just generate uh a better ratio for when i die you know what i mean like if i'm only losing one third of my kit that's just kind of like a no-brainer to me so and there's stims you might want as well, right? ETGs and stuff that you keep, you're going to use them. And then so. I could use it. And it's like, you yeah. know what I mean? It's just, it's kind of a win-win, so. Yeah. I think the only issue for me with the whole, like, locking the secure container is it comes back to just, like, one of those fundamental principles, which, like, is, is an arguable thing. But just that if people are unable to put stuff into their container whatsoever, it just means that people want to leave the map earlier. And yeah. it just makes... Is the thing is it's not for everybody, right? Like some people prefer to have a, have quieter raids or whatever. If you're kind of like the looter quester, like more casual type player, um, then that's kind of fine for you. Just like trundle around, do your quests and stuff. But it is like I, I do think it is a nerf to PvP in general, and I think PvP is nerfed quite a bit anyway. And I mean, maybe like maybe it's maybe it is fine. I just, it just makes it like even worse than it is now. You know, with people like actually like before now, like yeah, right now I mean, you get a bit, whereas like in this new system now you get nothing. Like it's actually even more of a nerf on, um, on on the container and on people's willingness to kind of like stay in the raid or whatever. Sure, I would say that PvP is is like optional in Tarkov, regardless of yeah. what state it's in. So this is like, true. to me, it's like it. Sure, it it would be unfortunate, but you could buff PvP by other ways. Like if you want people to stay in the raid longer, um. You know, airdrops are great, right? Can we spawn boss? Like, what what can we do to incentivize people to stay in the raid more? Past thirty minutes, uh, the goons uh, spawn and you know start roaming the map or whatever. Like, I'm I'm sure there's ways you could do within the raid time base framework to incentivize people to stay in a raid and contest over an objective is what I'm getting at. Because to me, that's that's the core of Tarkov is having the intensity. So when you remove like the big appeal of it and the intensity is just about PvP, uh, it's okay, but it's it's not as good as I think the more intense parts. Like the hyper yeah. intensive. I guess that's the thing, right? There are, you know, you need events and other stuff to make like the end game actually interesting and fun and like have these things like dynamic elements on the map that are good to incentivize people to stay. And that, that helps for sure. It definitely helps for sure, but I don't know. I'm not sure if it fixes all the all of the issues. But this is this is the other thing too, is that if money is meaningless, 
then that like you that also has to matter. Like resources have to matter. You know what I mean? Like you can't have it. You can't have it both ways, which is kind of the issue with Landmark's statement. Is like he he basically wants it both ways. Is like he you want you want to make money off killing people. Um. At the same time, you want people to stay and fight to make money, but it's like you have infinite resources. You know what I mean? Let's like not everyone may have infinite resources. So making them fight more to potentially lose resources doesn't really help. You know what I mean? Like you would, you would then have to, and that's why maybe some people legitimately want secure container back is because you do have the sort of like, well, I know for sure Pestilli and general Sam want it back. And it, and it, it's, and it's, it's a legitimate argument. I mean, I think it's, I think it's busted, but, it truthfully, truthfully, you have those moments where it's like, yeah, I have, I'm profiting off this death. It does like survival would be nice, but I could just roll the dice and fight. You know, it's it's it, okay yeah. either way. It introduces an element of that into the game that doesn't exist right now. Like more of that into the game. Yeah, for sure. It's a compromise a you have to take, more. basically, on on the integrity of your survival focus versus yeah. other elements. It's true. It's a trade off. This is true. That's why I said it was the most controversial element of the entire structure that I was looking at. Because yeah. it is, right? Like, it's, a, it's something that feels like you don't want to have happen. Like, it's it just, and that's why I've been like very, very uh, focused on trying to be like, is it that bad? Like, how can we mitigate it? Like, are there any mechanisms that we can use to make all the other stuff work and make this okay? Um, that's, that's the thing, right? That's, that's, that's what I've been focused on trying to, trying to figure out that stuff. And, yeah, there might be other other ways to make it work, but um, I think yeah, it's just like it comes down to a question of like whether you're willing to sacrifice that survival focused integrity versus other elements like incentivizing players to stay in the raid more. I mean, hell, who knows, right? Like maybe even just increasing the trader value for banned items is enough. Well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe allowing you know play, player gear to be finding raids for um for like. I guess, like, yeah, just allowing if you just suddenly allowed like all player gear to be finding raid, I mean, then you, yeah, but actually, no, you can't buy banned ammo, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. This is this is the thing. Well, like, I mean, if you if you retanked everybody's kit with finding raid as they entered into the game, what would that do? Well, let me say this because uh, that brings to my other point is it is my personal belief that uh, finding raid was also. Uh, brought about to combat RMT. Like, it was sort of like their multifaceted solution. Now, I don't have any proof of this. I I could have swore Nikita mentioned this, but um, I couldn't find anything. I looked for it a long time ago. But, think you know, back back in the day, before Fountain Raid, what you could do is you could go into Raid, you could drop items, and you could pick it up, and then you could sell it on the flea market. So if I'm an RNTer and I'm going to give you a Red Labs key card, I could sell it through the flea market to you, but how are you going to buy it with the rubles? You don't have rubles. You want, you want rubles. So I'm going to mm. give you the red key card, and then you can put it on the flea market for 10 million rubles, and I'll buy it from you because I'm an RNTer. I'm a cheater. I got infinite money. So I think you run into a little bit of that issue. Again, you would have to do a lot of like caveat rules. You know what I mean? Um, like if you're on the same team, you can't, uh, you know, it's not, it's can't be sold on the flea market. If it's looted from a player, 
Um, there could be some things to combat that, but that's why I believe, I think it's unlikely BSG will remove Fountain and Rain um, without something that kind of counters that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's complicated. Complicated. Thing is, though, all of this has done what I would hope it did, which is sparked off a lot of discussion and actually mm -hmm. putting a framework in because, like, each individual line going, like, trade loot needs to be rebalanced versus stuff in, in raid, like, oh, you know, we need to fix the early wipe, the weight system is garbage, it needs to be removed. Like, all of these individual single liners, I just feel at this point they're just not helpful. You know, like, coming up with mean? just a random list. Just like, I just feel like everybody who's coming up with like random lists. Oh, you mean stuff, having a more like, cohesive, like, all-encompassing thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if, it, even if it's not the right answer, right? You, sure. need to have, you need to fit it into the framework of how this affects everything else, because that's the problem with Tarkov, and that's what we accuse BSG of when they make stupid changes, is yeah. they change this one thing, and it breaks something over here on planet Jupiter, because of like the connections of all this. You know, they change one bar to it, because these two things are linked together, fuel's free now, and it's like, oh my god, you know, why didn't they think of this? Um, but then the player base is obsessed with basically putting out just like, oh, fix this thing and then fix this thing and fix this thing without thinking like, okay, well, how do you actually go and do that, you know? But I mean, it's not our job, right? It's, we're not game designers, in fairness. It's BSG's yeah. job to do that. And, you know, you, you put the complaints up and say, okay, well, this is the problem. This is the problem. It's up to them to fix it. But again, I think it's important for the players who play all the time to think in this way if we want something to be done because like BSG don't necessarily know and they've shown that by the changes that they make sometimes, right? They don't think of all of the collateral damage from, from things because they don't air feedback out like this. They don't go with a proposal set of changes, make a YouTube video, read every single comment, and then incorporate mm. that back into the original design. It's something that they don't do. Like, yeah, maybe they put some stuff out on ETS. Does that even work? Like, clearly not, because things have come to the main branch of the game that have been in a busted state. So, you know, I don't know. I feel like someone's got to do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, to be fair, BSG, I do feel like they'd probably do a similar process, but it's all internal. Um... Because for the most part, Found and Raid did what it set out to do pretty well, I think, for the most part. I don't think there was... I mean, the only like iterations we've seen thus far have been flea market bans, which you could argue is like a separate thing, but it's probably still attached to this whole Found and Raid. Because Found and Raid is naturally just like a restriction, right? So it's, it's essentially more restrictions on yeah. the flea. Um, even though Found Raid affects things like quests and, and whatnot. Okay, I have a few a few other things. I hope I'm not like, you know, being being too, too go intense. No, here. go for it. Go for it. Intensity is what we need. I'm happy. Um so one thing to note, I think is important to note, from twelve point six to twelve point ten, there was no scav karma. And this was Correct. still during the uh not the first flea market, but the found and raid system, I believe. Yeah, 12.6 was Finding Raid. And I think once we got Scav Karma, because the way things have played out, there's been a, you know, a small resurgence of, of money into the economy from, again, you know, low risk, high reward. Like, me personally, I would prefer if Scav loot was, like, marked as not found in Raid, which I know is, like, uh, you know, a lot of people are, are uh, yeah, but I feel as though okay. if you want, you know, if you want a memes for people to like have a safety net, in my opinion, that would be like 
a good starting point because you could loot. You have your gear you could use. Like the worst, the worst case scenario for Tarkov is you have no rubles. What do you do? Right. Like assume there's no container, assume there's no PMC. You can't play the game. That's like, I mean, you can, but it's not very engaging. Right. So you have scav mode, which is like, Oh, I'm still playing a game and I got a gun and I can shoot stuff. You know, I can loot stuff and you bring it out and you could sell it to the traders or, you know, some, I've got a couple of different things, but that would be like my preference. But that aside, um, I do think scav karma because everyone's so friendly and it's just like, there's again, there's like compounding things, right? No PMCs in a raid because there's nothing to incentivize them to stay in a raid. Like who wants to stay in a raid and kill scavs? There are a few people because you will have, quest or like you know internal motivations like i hate scav players um there's there's a funny the airwing's doing a quest where you have to knife scavs and he's dressing up like a scav to go <laughs> assimilate with scavs pretend to be a scav and then knife him which is making for some great content but you know he's he's kind of like he's like surprised that people aren't suspicious is it like way too easy <laughs> it's it's because the, I mean, the only really tell is if you analyze his gear, right? Like, you have to sit there yeah. and analyze his clothing. Um, but, like, why Like why would any scav not, like, be untrustworthy of another scav? Yeah, Do you know no what I mean? There's, 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 I agree with you. Right? You're completely incentivized to be... Uh, so, it's, it's... I think that's a busted system because then you can go in, loot, find, and raid items... You know, again, the the scaling thing. You know, you're getting way more for what you're you're putting in. I think it's I think it's a bit of a problem, and it's it's easier now than it used to be because of scav karma, because scavs won't shoot you, AI or players. I think it's a bit of a problem. Like it's it's yeah. it's honestly so frustrating because it's so annoying that this guy is like beating me to loot and like cutting me off, and I simply cannot do anything about it besides going to a different location. It's it's so fun. It's so infuriating. To me do you, do you care that much like it's so as this almost like comes back to another thing it's just like well you know if you can go on the streets and just loot like 500k every time 500 600k every single raid it almost makes that and that, that's happening like right now yeah that's absolutely that also, that also makes me think like you know does it really affect the game that negatively to have people having the secure container making a mill every now and then from a that actually makes me more think like i don't care because people are already doing that with scav it's basically risk-free anyway. Like, yeah, survival matters, but you're going to always survive like 90% of the time because most people are incentivized or like yeah, some people just don't know and they just try to shoot you or they're scared or whatever. They mis- mistake you. But 90% of the time you're going to survive because you're hardly ever going to run into a PMC, especially on the streets because it's like hard because there's scabs everywhere. So they normally give themselves away and you can just make a ton of money. It's like, I'm not, I just, I'm not sure if making like a ton of money is necessarily a problem. I just don't think it's a problem. Well, I don't think making money is a problem. I just think low risk, high reward is a problem <laughs> because. When, when, when it, you know what and I that's mean? the same with the scav, right? That's why you have the issue. You know? And that's like, scav and is low risk and it's super high reward on the streets. Same thing. My premise is that's the issue why people say PvP is not rewarding. Like, they're like, if you make the game matter, then you know, the game things become meaningful. You don't have to like look at hyper focus on one specific aspect of a game, part of the game, PvP in this case. To make things yeah. matter, you know what I mean. Mm. That- so I, I'm Redmond in chat. I said something interesting. So he says, okay. oh, but why is low risk, high reward a problem? And the reason why it is a problem is because the trader system is set up the way it is. 
the flea market is set up the way it is, and we're still in the ruble meta despite various you know issues and stuff, right? Like if if you couldn't just buy everything from the traders, it wouldn't matter so much. Like the the, the problem is is that everything can be converted into rubles. It all comes back to that issue mainly. You know, like it wouldn't really if you could just like if you're playing hardcore and you just like mm-hmm. hatchet ran, ran in and like grabbed a ledex without finding raids, like okay, you can I complete would... your quest, great, and then like slowly work towards the box or something, but. It's, do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't, yeah. doesn't do anything for your character. Right? You still have to go and find actual guns. You can't. You got to liquidate that and turn it into an M, a fully modded M4 from like Peacekeeper Four. But that's. I think that's fundamentally the issue. I think. Yeah, I would. I would. Does, uh, is in this the all game, solved? is this all solved by having two characters? A, a normal character where normal players are playing, and then a hardcore character where all the PvP sweat lords can go, and where like, PvP does well, matter because every gun is like an insane thing. You know. That's the argument. Potentially, is you have arena. Which is the nothing matters, just shoot each other, guys. And then you have 1.0 Tarkov, which everything matters. It's hardcore, but I, I don't know how realistic it is. But I want to ask you something: mm. is is there a poker in the game of poker? Is there a play that's low risk, high reward? Um, is there such a concept of thing? strategy i well, not not necessarily a strategy there are moments where that is the case but okay like but, if you have pocket aces right you know and you're just like trying to you're trying to like you're in the situation where you're trying to tease out bets from other people especially mm-hmm. pre-flop before any cards have gone on the board your aim really is to like if people are willing to go along with it, it depends on how the game was played but if you were if people are willing to go along with it your aim is really to just get everybody all in as, as soon as you can you're, you you're know, bluffing before the board comes down not even bluffing but just kind of like you have you can't just obviously just oh you like, you know, you know you have a stack. winning you have the best yeah you're I, just I don't, like I don't you pick up pocket poker, aces so yeah you pick up pocket aces and you're just like is that like the, the best chance? yeah it's the absolute best right okay. for, for a starting hand but obviously when you oh okay okay say obviously, starting but like what, when so if you both if you say you're just playing against one other person and you have pocket aces and you go all in mm-hmm. you both put your cards down on the table and then it goes first card second card third card fourth card fifth card because there's no betting right and the the chance of you winning against somebody with pocket aces is like astronomical right based on like any random range of of hands it's actually like it's it's actually worse for them if they have a good hand in many ways because a lot of the times they'll have like ace queen ace king ace jack right. they'll well, think you, they'll you, have you a good have hand them, they're yeah, and you've got them you've got them completely screwed yeah. because um because you have double you have like pocket aces like they have to get like you've got one of the cards that makes their hand good you know so it's like it's actually if they have like pocket kings or something oh, the only wow, way they win yeah. is by getting another king but you have like, their... you have, okay yeah, yeah. So, so pocket aces is kind of like the torpedo against all uh, the other good hands so that's kind of like one situation where it is low but you, you're trying to like tease out as much betting as possible right like you try and make them not just fold like you have to act as if you don't have them but you have something good to make them want to yeah. play but like whatever and you but you don't really want to but in that micro bubble there mm. is still risk because you, you risk. have you to well not only that but you have to like convince them as you're saying that you don't have a winning hand because you want True. them to bet so it's like yeah, the risk is that they just fold. I'm, I'm talking specifically about like cash games or something because that's what I used to play, which is like there's two different types right. of poker. You know, there's the big tournaments that everybody knows and loves. Like you, you pay some buy-in and then you go and you play through like a million people and get to the final table and stuff. But what I used to play was like six people sat at the table and they just like, you have like, you just put some money in front of you and then you just, you just play. So you can just leave whenever. Like mm. That's what I used to play. Like I, I highly value leaving whenever I want. You may have noticed this in, in other things. Like it's one of the reasons why I stopped playing Dota. <laughs> One of the reasons why I kind of stopped playing um, PUBG. So I talk of, I think it's cool because you can just play a factory run if you want to, and it's super fast. You're right next to the X's. 
And I also like playing poker cash games because if you're interrupted or whatever, you can just go, right, finish the hand, boof, and off you go. Um, whereas a tournament, like they can take like freaking hours. They can take days, dude, right? And, you know, like the World Series of Poker, it takes, it takes like forever. Um, can't just like get up and leave. So, well, I get, you, you can for a, for a time. Anyway, we're getting off topic. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a poker's a very different game, though, in many ways. Sure. But I, I guess to the original question, like, is, is that a bad thing in that context? Like, having that, like, is it, first of all, is it a low risk, high reward? Like, the play? risk is having them fold, I guess. Like, early, you're like too aggressive, and then they're just like, because most of the time they won't have a good hand. So, you, you know, you, you bet out and they just fold, and you're like, the, you know, the opportunity was wasted. But is there, you know, is there something you can do that's like, easy or you know low efforts not risky to give you like mm -hmm. a high reward not really because you're playing against other people mm -hmm. right so it's like it's it's a mirror it's a mirror of matchup okay. it's like the same, it's, it's kind of like rts right in many ways you know it's like a 1v1 it's not RTS. Like... there's nothing easy you can do because you're playing against another person like they can do the counter it depends i mean if the game's unbalanced then sure but like in tarkov mm -hmm. we're not and the hatchet, hatchet running and stuff we're not playing against another person we're playing against the system <laughs> yeah, and there's an, an easy yeah, and it's an easy, and there's a, the house is busted in certain circumstances. Mm. So I feel like it's different. Um, okay, there's a few more things I want to get off the list real quick. Uh, um, yeah, we basically, okay, now, uh, I would, the only I really wish they would bring back dynamic traders because I feel like it it solves, um, so many problems. But I don't know, dude. Without going too much into it, um, yeah. I just I I think I genuinely think that if you had dynamic traders, you could have a free flowing economy, and you can't have players flipping stuff, right? Um, because in the ideal scenario, the the trader adjust its price according to the market, right? Even yep. its its quantity. But I understand that that is not a like you probably need a mathematician to come up with an algorithm of sorts to to do that. So that's probably not the easiest task to do. I mean I, I've I was like mulling it over my head thinking of some conditions, but actually like coding that and having it like building up a, a system within a system and having that microsystem work within the large system it it sounds really difficult, but yeah. Uh, on that one, yeah, I don't know. the The one final thing I'll say is how does selling items to other players break progression? It depends on what system you're referring to. If you are we talking about selling items that are currently flea banned? Um, well, well, let's put it this way: flipping from tier four traders onto other players clearly breaks progression because you don't have to participate in the trader leveling okay. in order to get that high tier gear. The height and that's sure. its own problem because the high tier gear is only found on the traders for the most part. It's one of the fundamental issues with the game, which I keep coming back to about the loot rebalance, but that's another thing. Okay. Um... I, would, man, I, would have to, I wish I put like a timestamp or something. I would probably say selling player gear. How does that break? How does selling player gear from other players, like gear from other players, break progression? 
I think in the same vein that flipping gear from traders breaks progression, selling the gear from the players, because you're essentially doing the, <laughs> doing same, the same thing, thing. But via having killed them. So it's, it's slightly better. It's not as bad, but it's in the same ballpark. Why is it not as bad? Because you actually have to kill them. So the there's a challenge of to it. Is, yeah, there's a challenge to it, and the supply of those items is much lower. Like, you know, someone has to buy the item, go into raid, die, someone else has to pick it up, leave the raid, put it on the flea. Like, that will happen enough for the flea market just to be completely inundated with, the, with that gear, but it's not quite as bad as flipping it. So then what's the difference between me killing a player and selling their Alton versus me finding the Alton and selling it? On the flea? On the flea. I don't think there is any. Why? What's the, where, where's then, the angle for this question? Because the Alton is then, flea. In my structure, the Alton is flea banned anyway, so you can't sell it to players. So let me re restate it. So how, how does a uh, player, you know, what's the difference between me selling player gear, an Alton, versus me selling an Alton that I found in a, in a cache? How does, how does one break progression and the other one doesn't? Because I think I what guess, you're saying is, yeah, go ahead. I guess like it, it, I would say like maybe it depends. That's like the next tier on, which is that, you know, if it's rare enough in the loop pool, you don't see many. And so if that's on the flea, players are still able to skip progression by buying those things. But because they can't be bought in any other way, then like maybe it's potential or something. But, you know, that, that applies to all the other items. You know, if you find a TacTech or a ULAC or whatever that you could normally, you should normally only be able to buy from the traders in the system where we assume traders are the thing. Those just aren't on the flea market in any other way. Whereas if you then start allowing people to sell Altins just specifically because it was found in the cash as opposed to on players, like, yeah, there'll be much lower supply of them, but it's still a lot. There'll still be enough well, in on the, the flea rate. market. It doesn't have to be a cash like it. Whatever, yeah. Finding made in some okay. some format on a on a boss or guard or whatever. Right? Yeah. You, you find it some non player way, loot. And then, yeah, then you sell it on the flea market. Like again, it's it's probably better, but it just kind of depends. Like depends on what the loot pools are like as to whether it's acceptable. But I just I still just feel that you don't want to go down that. That you have to like then manage each item like in the economy. You go down a dark path doing it like that by like unbanning items that were found from a non player source. Because then you have to think about, okay, well, if I find 762BP, can I put that up now? And can I put up, you well, know, the other get, various things? Get rid of flea, flea bands. Like, flea bands don't exist. There is no found in raid. I, wh what I think you're saying is you can't do that because people will sell player gear and that breaks progression. I'm trying to figure out what's the distinction between that and them looting the gear and selling it. When you know there's no founder rain, there's no bans. Like, what is the how is one breaking progression, the other one's not? Is what I'm trying to figure out. Well, and I don't understand the question because in, under my system, you can't sell any of those things. If the ultimate is on the traders, you can't sell it. If it's on the player, you can't sell it. If you find it in the cash, you can't sell it. Under my yeah. system. But so I'm not sure like what the angle is. Well, I'm saying like set your system aside, right? Yeah. Like think of the context. There is there is no founder rain. There is no no bans, right? Yeah, so in that situation, you can flip trader gear, you can sell player gear, mm -hmm. and you can sell stuff you find in raid. In that case, they're all the same. It's just about like how frequent those loot pools are. The trader one is the most frequent. Finding it on players okay. is probably the second most frequent, and finding it in stashes or on guards or whatever. Like, I mean, it may or may not be the, the third most frequent. Those two will vie for second and third place, depending on 
how often AI will have the different piece of equipment versus players and blah, blah, blah. So you're saying that comes down more to a uh, scarcity kind of rather yeah. than um, where the source is actually coming from. Yes. Like, in other words, it's not inherently bad that someone sells player gear on the market. Unless that... tier player gear, I think it still is just because. Okay. Just just because it allows players who basically have like cracked the code to run whatever kit they like whenever. Ultimately, right? If stuff's up there for money, some people will run that alt in all day long. And I just don't think okay. player. And I don't think any player okay. should have the ability. So to the do other that. thing, you're okay. My bad. So the other thing you're saying, yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. So that's the other part is you're also saying high tier gear shouldn't be, should only be accessible through X, Y, and Z, whatever those things are. Yeah, not you're just saying the flea whenever. You're saying the flea can't have high tier gear, correct? Because it breaks the progression. Yeah, and and also breaks the fact that. High, high level players will just always wear that stuff. That's not necessarily even a progression thing, but it's just like a, a gear limiting thing. Well, get careful. There's a, you know, always, those are, those are strong words. So I don't, I don't know if that's, that's true or not, but I. Well, because what rubles is progression, and then you buy the good kits with rubles. So it's kind of his progression. Is that sort of what you mean? No, I just mean like. The high tier player doesn't equate. I'm always going to buy the high, high tiers, highest tier. Not always, but they can. Gear. They can. They have the ability. That's the problem. Yeah. It's the ability to do so, not the fact that they do or don't. The problem is that they have the ability to buy the gear and thus people and thus can... have the potential to run it all the time if they want. Oh, okay. And, uh, and, the, and the portion of the player base that will do that. I see. So the. Interesting. So you don't have a problem with. So you have a problem with high tier gear being available as long as it's in the raid, is what you're saying. It's okay yeah. as long as it's in the raid. Yeah. And you find it. Why? Because you found it? Like, why, why that distinction? Because you have to go and do the thing. This, this ultimately comes down to like the fungibility of items. Like, can you sell 1,000 crappy AKs right. and buy an Alton? I think no. I think that an Alton should be its own thing. You should have to go and do something for it. I think the loot pool right now is kind of busted. The fact that it's only in stashes, there's not an interesting way to actually uh, to go and get them. And I do think that's another issue, honestly. That's, a, that's like a separate issue, that there's not an interesting way to get Altons right now. It's the same thing with all the good ammo, SSAAP, MAIAP, all of those ones. Like you just can't, you can't get them. There's no interesting way to get them. That's its own problem. But I don't think it should be on the flea. And I, don't, I think you'd have, you have to go and do some work to go and get those things. I don't think you should just be able to transmogrify you're, a bunch of stuff yeah. into money and then buy the stuff to buy you're, those things. You're saying that the 108K's work is uh, you know not uh, you're, you're valuing types of work essentially. You're saying kind of, yeah. that work should not be valued like For you should tier, only yeah. have to do this specific type of work. Yeah, and whether that's like level your traders, whether it's find it in raid, whether it's find yeah. it in a stash, whether it's kill bosses and get it from them, like you have to go and engage the game in a different, more specific way than just like loot wires and then buy the things you want. Okay. Yeah. I mean, um, 
Uh, yeah, just just a different different approach there. I mean, I'm in a vacuum, I have no problem with people doing different types of work. I just you know the, the cogs have to be balanced, obviously. But yeah. You know. Okay. Indeed. I think I think uh, <laughs> that's enough. It's a big one. It's a, it's surely a big one, and there's there's so much more to it as we're saying. Right, we're talking about like this uh, this this loopholes thing is something that keeps coming up over and over and over again. I think maybe I need to spend a bit more time thinking about that. Yeah, let me let me pitch you know? a quick pitch. Like, what do you think about max level traders? Uh, le- tier three armor. Like, uh, sorry, you have like one or two tier four armors, max level traders. Uh, at most, like no class yeah. fives. No class fives. Like I'm talking the crappy toilet paper armor and maybe yeah. like a rat rig hack or something yeah i think that that is fine so long as the loot pools in raid are balanced and that's the problem right you need to rebalance the traders yeah so that and, and the in raid loot so that it's feasible to go and get a class five and six sometimes from bosses or whatever like i don't think i think the traders sell way too much stuff like i, I know that jesse and jesse's spoken about this like a bunch of times yeah, uh, like rebalancing that stuff so in too. raid, and I completely agree with them. Right, like it it does a lot of stuff. It means that people have to go and participate in the game to go and do the things, and not just like because I've talked mostly about just assuming the trader system is the way that it is, but I do just feel that the trader system itself is flawed, and that more stuff needs to be in raid because right now the game's really gated. You know, like I found a Tasmanian tiger rig really early on, either last wipe or this wipe. I can't remember which one. I think it was last wipe, and um, and it felt awesome. Right, I wasn't going to be able to buy that for three trader levels or something. It was like got that like really early on but once it was gone it was gone and it felt like a you know special commodity that i yeah. could use for doing pmc you know, kill quests or whatever right um or even just to like progress progress through the game hide out just like wear it whatever so i don't know i just think that, that that is a fundamental thing that's like the next step on in all this stuff is that the traders need to stop selling as much stuff you shouldn't be able to build the meta weapons with trader items the the best item the best attachments should be finding raid only i talked a little bit about this in my alien tech video the best items for like you should be able to build something like okay mm-hmm. with the stuff from the traders if you get to max traders like you, you shouldn't be completely punished you're only able to run a toll fight tra- delete the traders completely i don't think that's sensible you can keep both i think you can yeah. slowly scale it back and get to a place that's sensible you know like get rid of all the meta attachments from the flea make it so you can't make a meta mutant from the flea maybe you only maybe some of these guns you can only buy like once or whatever like you can still buy an akm if you want to use your bp but you you find more of these things in raid and you'd find like maybe scar one time and an mdr but so are the lower tier players too and they're finding more ammo to go with it right like they find an mdr and it comes with 15 m61 and and some m80 you know to go in it because it's like it's pointless otherwise and like maybe some attachments are relevant for the gun i think things like that it just needs to needs to be that way i think because uh yeah right now like and again that's actually even better for casuals too and players who don't play as much or players that are new or players that don't have high trader rep because they're getting access to gear that they would never see otherwise. Like you just that's don't see a right. mutant. That's my otherwise, biggest... Until you get to tier four, right? And you don't see a class five rig. Like I saw one class six rig in a stash and that was it until I got to tier four, tier three traders and then I could run class five again. It's like the traders, the traders dictate the gear that you run so heavily Right. That getting XP and trader rep is the only thing that matters in Tarkov for the most part, which is why the quests matter so much, which is why people why grind themselves. Survival hard. matters, yep. And why survival matters too. Yep. Which is why I wanted to keep the survival for the quests, by the way. Like it's necessary, I think, yeah, in I mean, the current system, but it's it, busted that that's the only uh, way to do things. It's like, it's not even balanced, important. right? Like, yeah, like if, if you were looting in raid, like weapons cases and stuff, and you could find like the odd item 
that you'd like put together and like yeah maybe it's, it's not meta or you could collect together with a load of parts and make a meta gun if you wanted and maybe mm-hmm. you don't have quite enough ammo or whatever right there's gonna be downsides to like looting the stuff in raid but at least you can like find it and like maybe top load it and you're like making do with what you've got and that's what yeah. Tarkov's supposed to be about right like i just don't think it's like that right now it's like it's the rush to prapple two to buy pp right. and an ak it's the rush to get to peacekeeper so you can get five six a one it's then the rush to get to prapple three so you can buy a Karund, and then ragman three so you can run class five then you get to max traders and you can buy anything you like basically but yeah you can't buy um can't buy certain items like altons and stuff but you can still get meta mutants and high grades this that and the other and all these things are relatively cheap because the trader economy is static and blah 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 yeah i think it's a bit i think it's the next big issue that i mean basically that component dynamic traders right lock secure containers uh nerf scav no no found in raid on scav and you just freaking massively buff the loot and raids then i feel like you don't need um like you could you could remove found in raid um uh, yeah, you could remove found and raid because, like, you can't you can't the the chances of you converting like obviously the high tier stuff should be like extremely rare, and in which case I don't have a problem like because it's so rare if someone wants to give me a hundred AKs worth of rubles and I'm gonna use that to buy a hundred AKs like I think that's fine like it's such a rare item you know what I mean but as you know, anyways there's like some you know, copium imaginational world in my head where it's like the perfect Tarkov that's, you know, obviously not the case, but yeah. You know. All Man. right, bud. <laughs> I know your brain's probably like mush. Yeah. yeah. Just my brain is just melting now. You need to like it's melting. play, I don't know, Minecraft. No. Yeah. No Probably survival game. Yeah. No survival game. It can't be anything survival. You need to play like Fort Fortnite. Dare I say it? Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're gonna wrap it up there. Gone on long enough. Thanks for tuning in. Listen to us ramble and rant about Tarkov. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next week. Catch you later.